welcome back to Callum and David's Any Requests podcast, our Patreon requested podcast where you, the listener, can donate £5 a month and get us to do a podcast on absolutely anything you want. That is absolutely correct. Did I tell you about the time I had an anxiety dream where I had to do the intro and I couldn't remember what you said? <laughs> um, and that was it. We couldn't go back and re-record it or anything. It was like, yeah, uh, I'm so glad you do that bit. Yes, yeah. no, that's absolutely correct. Uh, anything you like. We are returning this week to an old favourite. For the last time. I mean, this is yeah. quite... Um, I was going to say sad. It isn't sad. Um, <laughs> it isn't that sad. But it's a bit sad. It is. Um, I've, I had no knowledge of Crime Traveller before uh, we were requested to do this by Ben. Yeah. Um, and I have had my world opened up and closed down again. And then I've stretched my imagination. I've had to do quite a lot of logical gymnastics in order to try and understand this, both from a, a scientific lo- logical uh, level but also in terms of dramatic structure and performance and the history of British drama, which I think is from forever changed by Crime Traveller. I never knew that happened. Absolutely. I think you should write that in a letter to Anthony Horowitz. I mean, I would. I think I should. I don't know if he'd read it. No. Um, I think he's probably just happy doing the Young Bond stuff, uh, eating in really posh restaurants, as we know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For those of you who haven't seen Anthony, Anthony Horowitz as the guest judge on Great British Menu, watch it. It's incredible. He's like, hmm, yeah, no, it's all right, actually. It's not bad. I've, you know, it's not the worst meal I've ever had. So the best chefs in the world. Yeah. Where do you eat? Yeah. But, you know, he's a very rich man. He's very posh. Very, very posh. Very posh. Yes. Um. So, yeah, back for episode seven and eight of Crime Traveller, uh, the one and only season that they made because it was sadly cancelled. Um, yeah. And you could kind of see from the last episode, which we'll come to later on, that it, they obviously weren't aware of that at the time because it's quite clear that you know, they they were just starting to really go into the sparks of the kind of love story between Holly and Jeff. And yeah. then obviously that yeah, never never kind of came to fruition. Um and and purely just to reiterate, I think we said this in the first ever episode uh of Crime Traveller and, and our podcast on it, it that it, it wasn't cancelled. Uh it was sorry, yes. purely yeah. a, a mistake. Yes. Um in scheduling. There was a a, a switch over in the commissioner um and uh, at the BBC. And a bit of admin didn't go through. And as a result, it just didn't get rescheduled. And then yep. it got forgotten. And then the moment had passed. Yeah. Uh, uh, and it was replaced, um, of course, with uh, a, a series I've vaguely heard of called Jonathan Creek. Um, um, oh, we should do we should do a podcast on that. Ah! Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which, to be honest, I think uh, I'm glad that happened. Mm-hmm. Because without that, we wouldn't have Jonathan Creek. Um, and who knows, our lives would be completely different <laughs> if we would. hadn't done this podcast. It would be completely different. Um, yeah, uh, just before we were about to uh, uh, sit down to watch the last two episodes, uh, as 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 we mentioned uh, on last week's um, criminalisation of cannabis episode, we recently uh, moved house, which is why we took a, a slight hiatus. And Callum turned to me and said he felt that... Uh, <laughs> he felt oh. that the crime traveller... Uh, series was something that we should have left behind in the old house you know when you move house and there's stuff you go oh are we gonna take this old battered thing uh, or no we'll go we'll 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 leave it here or we'll be in it and we'll get a new one when we go to the new place right yeah. fresh start yeah i didn't think tra- crime traveler was one of the things we were gonna go no definitely taking that <laughs> with us uh yeah but i'm glad because yeah. hey 
it's the last two episodes and there's a whole load of nostalgia which uh, from those of you who have listened to the Jonathan Creek podcasts or uh, any requests in the world I'm a, I'm a real sucker for uh, 90s um, nostalgia yeah, um, you, technological you know, nostalgia above all do you know what I was thinking we'll, we'll go into the specific episodes in a minute but do you know what I was thinking overall watching these last two episodes that I've realised about Crime Traveller and the early seasons of Jonathan Creek is that I really love um, 90s London yeah geographically i i i like because it was just so much less kind of i mean i still love london now but it's become so much more homogenized with the mm-hmm. influx of chain restaurants and the gentrification of everywhere and all these you know hipster coffee shops that are you know and 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 areas start to look like other areas and yeah and you know and i mean my my obviously i grew up in the southwest but my sister lived in london um throughout most of the 90s so i used to come here a lot visiting her and uh and places had different feels to them so much more yeah, and, and i realized that when when you see him you know at tobacco dock and you see him in other parts of london in these episodes i was like, oh, I, I miss when london had different really different feels to it um, yeah i think that's a really really good point um and there were some other um, kind of nineties London references that we can we can go into, but also high praise coming from someone who it is impossible to please when it comes to locations in London because you hate it when they go around one corner and they're in Bloomsbury and they go around another corner mm-hmm. and they're in Camden. You're like, no, that's not that's not okay. Yeah. No, I mean in in anything in anything it really bugs me. Yeah, really really bugs me. Uh, just anyone out there making television programs. If you want to make David happy, just get your geography right. I just don't know why you need to do it. Does it really save that much time and money? Well, I think it's because um, there's a, a contempt for the knowledge of an audience um, by certain producers. So I think you're right to be angry. Clearly. Should we get into it? Yes. So episode number seven is called The Lottery Experiment. Yes. Um, and um, we we open really with your favourite character from the whole show, don't we? <laughs> so my favourite character throughout the whole se- se- season is uh, Danny. It has to be. Danny is um, the janitor kind of caretaker of, um, is it Sundown? The Sundown. Sundown, which is the block of flats that Holly lives in. Yeah. Uh, and I don't really know what part of London it, it's in. Oh, it's it's just off Stone Square. I know exactly oh, where it is. Oh, yeah, you do. We I know exactly about this. where it is. Um. It's also, I think, the building that's used. Um, it's used in several things. It's used, uh, I believe, it, I think it's episode three or four of Jonathan Creek, where the scientist gets killed. Mm. He gets shot through the keyhole of the door. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's the building. And it's also in the David Hare thing, not the most recent one, the one he did before that with the with the soldiers. The army, the, the soldier. yeah. yeah. Um, um uh uh john sim plays mm. a labor politician and yeah. he lives in that that was a good one well. that was, was a good i enjoyed that David Hare, John. it was but it, yeah that that specific uh street um not too far from uh um um uh a friend of ours uh lives uh jules is around ah, yes yes there um, so I know exactly where it is. Just Doth Gloucester Crescent. I don't believe that it's called Sundown because Sundown's the name of an old people's home, isn't it? Really. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, and and also the sign doesn't look anything like the sign of a block of flats in that area yeah. at all. I mean, there's about a minute and a half of this episode where it's just Danny polishing uh, the sign to mm. the. I'm like, why? Why is this guy? Yeah. He's a it's a block of flats that he's polishing the sign for. I he seems like he's a 
not got enough work on, no. but he, t- he takes a lot of pride in his work. But tell tell us, tell us about Danny. I love Danny. Let's spend a bit of time. He's a wonderful actor. Uh, he plays Danny called Bob Goody. Um, and he had a wonderfully long career how in the tall, RSC. How tall is he? He's six foot four. Yep. So when you're seeing him being all tall and that, mm. that's real. That's not CGI. That's not CGI. No. That's, yeah. that's re- he's really that tall. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's emphasised by the fact that he's wearing a boiler suit. Um, I don't. Again, I don't know why, because I think he's as much the receptionist of this building. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it needs a receptionist. No. It's about, about four or five flats. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, yeah um, he really is that tall. And also, I think, uh, interesting bit of trivia here, Ben, I know you'll love this. I think... He's wearing this, his real glasses. Mm. Because if you look at pictures of Bob Goody now, not only does he have a wonderful big g- kind of golden grey mm. beard, mm. Um, but he uh, David he, he Letterman-esque. Has, it's, but neater and mm. a bit more heavenly, mm-hmm. like celestial heavenly. Um, in that, in, and he, but I think he's got the same glasses as he uses in this episode. But wonderful actor. Also had a great double act with Nell Smith, won like a Fringe First Awards. Um, also librettist for opera, a uh, big opera called Fashion. It was very popular in Berlin. Um, and yeah, he's done an awful lot of great things. Um, and this is one of them. And I think it's wonderful because we open episode seven, the lottery, uh, what's it called? The lottery? The lottery experiment. Lottery experiment with a nice kind of long bit of exposure with Danny talking to uh, Slade about how he should get Holly some flowers. Um, and yeah. he kind of, we, we have a little hint that we might have started already in a time loop. So this is a link to the previous episode, which you remember from our previous podcast, where Jeff used the time machine without her permission. She yes. was angry at him. So it's, it's he's trying to make up for that. Which is weird because it's the only time that that one episode links to another, or every yeah. other time the episode has been self-contained. It kind of picks um, up straight away. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So he's got some flowers, and he's got carnations. He's got yeah, yeah. And Danny says, "Oh no, you don't want to get carnations. Really? Uh, she doesn't like carnations." But but also, isn't it? Is it that? Car- hmm. Is it that carnations are often used for funerals? Or... I think lilies are these for no, funerals. No, lilies are funerals. There, there carnations are some... for weddings? Maybe it's wedding. Yeah, there's something. I've heard not just specific to Holly Turner. Okay. I have heard before that it's it's not, um, it's not uncouth to get people carnations. Maybe it's wedding. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Yeah. yeah. I definitely know lilies are, uh, some people go, why did you bring me lilies? I'm not dead. Yeah, um, yeah, it's lilies that are funeral, and I think carnations are weddings. So, steer, guys, if you're looking at getting anyone flowers, yeah, steer clear of that. And also, don't get anyone flowers because you know, pass on coronavirus that way. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Unless Riddle you they are. Throw them from a two meter distance. Which happens. case, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, she, Danny says, "Don't like carnations." I tell you what, I'll do you a favour. Uh, take these instead and pulls out the biggest bunch of roses yeah. you've ever seen like yeah. it's a two dozen it's roses it's a hedge it's a rose bush it's a rose bush and I'm like well maybe your theory actually makes sense because I think if you if you don't like carna- carnations you probably don't like ro- like no, carnations yeah. are cheap roses yeah that's what yeah, they are yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, anyway gets the roses he said they were delivered for the lady upstairs but she's away for two weeks she's in Paris so she won't know the difference right I don't know what that line means. No. She's going to be away for two weeks, so the flowers will be dead by the time she gets back, so you may as well have them. Yeah. And, and I'll, you know, I'll explain, or she won't even know they've arrived. Yeah. So, yeah. no problem. 
Like, well, yeah, that would be fine. But saying she won't know the difference, so to me, it's like, you're going to swap them with another bunch of with the carnations. That's two dozen. Yeah. Well, they're also going to be dead. Yeah. Or you're going to buy another fresh bunch of two dozen roses. Mm. And I don't think as the caretaker for a, an apartment block, you can afford to be doing that. Regardless of monetary constraints, you just should morally, I don't think you should have given him someone else's flower. Nothing. something a bit weird about it. Yes. Come on, Danny, you're better than that. But it is really nice that we've got that exposure from Danny, played by the wonderful yeah. Bob Goody. Um, and uh, yeah, just more power to him. What a lovely... I, I, I think... I don't know him. I just think, after reading up about him today, that we'd be friends. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think you want to be friends. I really... Friend, Bob Goody, if you're listening, just yeah. go for a pint, mate. Yeah. Go for, I'll come down to Bloomsbury. We'll go for a beer. There you go. Um, yeah. So uh, anyway, we get a nice bit of that. And uh, Slade goes up to Holly's apartment, mm-hmm. gives her the two dozen roses. Well, she's she opens the door and is really angry at him. Yeah. And then he produces the roses and she's instantly happy. And I'm like, can we just stop? Can we stop with this? What do you mean, David? It's just misogynistic, isn't it? Yeah, women, that's it. All their emotions are controlled by... Flowers. Yeah, and the only thing you could get wrong about that is getting the wrong flowers. Yeah, it's just nonsense. But, um, you know, hey, the 90s. Uh, And so, yeah, he comes in and they seem to be okay. And they're having a little chat. Um, And he um, then cuts to later on in the night. And again... We've talked about this before, but it—they have this weird vibe where they're a couple, but then, but then, but they're friends. They're but like best they're, mates. But their, but their physicality is very coupley. Yeah. So there's a shot of them, him lying on her lap on the yeah. sofa, watching TV. Yeah. The flowers are now in a vase on the table, and they've done a bottle of wine. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, casual Wednesday evening. Are you going to have dinner? Like, yeah, I don't know. It was daylight when you arrived. So yeah. you've been there for a long time, obviously. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm convinced both these characters have quite bad drinking problems anyway, because they're I mean, always drinking. Yeah, I think that's a good Pretty point. much every scene. Having said that, a lot of 90s stuff yeah. is, revolves around booze, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, that cool Britannia kind of culture of, yeah, lads, lads. Yeah. Um, before that, that, I mean, that was actually a thing that wasn't ever said ironically. That was just, that was what people said. Do you know, my vision of, like, 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 if you just say to me, like, 90s cool Britannia mm-hmm. culture, my immediate vision in my mind of that is, is Paul Zennon's magic show that yeah. he did going around pubs specifically yeah the one the pub and the one outside the, the trick way the tax that's through the whistle yeah. right yeah we mentioned that, this before on this podcast yeah, i think so but we've got a bit of a problem but that's that's my singular yeah. image that sums up the 90s in my mind is, incredible is paul zennon's pub magic tv series very cool i don't i don't know why yeah it kind of had the same vibe as the big breakfast but in the evening and mm. magic mm. related mm. So everything kind of had that slightly chaotic mm. vibe um anyway i so, miss the 90s i do a bit but it's awful wasn't it well um, yeah in a lot of ways but in a lot of ways i, I miss it yeah also i have much more power and autonomy as an adult than now than i did when i was in the 90s when i was a child mm. so but this but there's this, like what, like when i was watching this life back along mm. uh last year whenever it was i was like oh it looks really good fun to have been like in your twenties, in like the mid nineties. Yeah, I definitely think life was funner, but, um, and it often is when you're more ignorant yeah. as well. Yeah, like you know, you don't know that 
George Bush is about to come in mm. and do the Iraq war. Tony Blair's about to completely destroy your faith in the Labour Party and the left. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the world's going to accelerate global warming by about 25,000 times. Yeah. You know, all that dooms, you're not in there. That's no. fine. Clinton plays the saxophone. We're all fairly nice to each other. Yeah. Economies on the I up. mean, I mean, and also we're, we're, we're straight white men, so it would be different. Very true. For us going back in the 90s, is an easier thing to say than for um, a lot of people that were um, even more marginalised than they still are now. Uh, good, very good then. point. Um, uh, but yes. Join anyway. us next week and we'll discuss another decade <laughs> of your choosing. Um, so she goes, yeah, they're, they're having, on, having kind of uh, intimate friendship on the sofa. Yeah, and he goes, oh, I've got an idea. Um, oh, uh, Stick the telly on. I did have another idea of why I was going to come around. Yes, sorry. The telly's on and they're watching the lottery. Um, uh, and enjoying it much more than in the Jonathan Creek episode, The Eyes of Tiresias, where she watches the lottery and gets really angry at the programme. Switches it off. Stupid lottery programme. I'm yeah. like, okay, no, no one's ever had. That's a reaction to the lottery. Um, care about it either way. That much. I mean, she was a horrible old woman. Um, yeah, she, she was. She was a nightmare. Um, uh, and he says, "Oh, you know, I did have another." Re-, and she gets angry. And at first, I thought she was angry because I thought she thought he meant he'd come round to try and get it on. Yeah. And then I was, and then, and then, and then he—I can't remember what he said, but he said something that made me go, "That's a weird response to to hers." And then I realised. She was angry because she, what she thought was he was round to ask to use the time machine again. Right. And then, and yeah, because he went, no, 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 quite the opposite. And I was like, what, the opposite of wanting to sleep with her? And then I realised, because he went, I want to do something for you. And I was like, oh, mm. that's why she was angry. It wasn't because, again, they say they play, they play very physically intimate, but at, somehow at the same time, no sexual chemistry whatsoever. It's quite... It's, quite something it is quite something i read it a different i can't believe we're spending this much time the episode's maybe about four minutes into this episode right mm. uh but not I, even that, not even that. <laughs> but I, I thought mm. he, she was saying oh isn't this lovely you've come around you bought flowers i've forgiven you for the you know the time wrecking my father's life's work and going and you know against my yeah. will and she's forgiven him because of roses and and then I think she's like, oh, yeah, and this is nice. And we're having an intimate time in your laps uh, on my, you know, vagina on the sofa. Mm. This is nice. And then he says, oh, one more thing. And I think she gets annoyed at him because she's like, oh, I thought you genuinely were coming down to apologise. And mm. and I thought, I, you know, w- we could have a romantic time together. And now I know you're just giving me the flowers, not because you care about me, but because you want to use the time machine. And then he says, no, not that, quite the opposite. And she goes, oh, well, all right then. But now I'm confused because I don't... Well, I'm confused as a viewer because I'm going, were you happy about... No- Did you want Nookie? I don't know what I don't know what the motivation is. So, yeah, no, so you, you got it spot on from right. the beginning. Right, okay. Um, that's what I think it was, but I, I misread it at the beginning. Well, it was. I'm glad we spent the time on it. Yeah. Because if our listeners would be... I know. Screaming at the... Uh... So, so he says that he's got this idea to to repay her quite literally um uh for using the time machine for all that stuff and helping um uh to kind of fix all the bits that are starting to break and it's starting to you remember the past couple of episodes it's been on the fritz and it's yeah um slowly dying and um he says i've got this idea about going like 
writing down the lottery numbers and going back in time and winning the lottery. Um, <laughs> at which point you turned to me and went, haven't we done this? And the answer was yes. Yeah. He did try and do this, if yeah. you remember. It's the uh, very first episode. He tries to place a bet. Yeah. And the betting slip, the writing on the betting slip disappears because there's a paradox. You can't cheat. Yeah. Time. Well, two things. Yeah. You One, you're returning back to the time zone, but also time won't let you cheat. Yeah. Or be... But I don't know why that's a thing. There's no physics in that, surely. No, no, no. Um, but yeah, that that happened. And she's and but they mentioned it, and she calls him out and says, "Don't you remember this yeah. won't happen?" And he said, "Okay, well, I'm not going to buy the ticket though. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you to buy the ticket in the past, in the in the yeah, in the normal yeah. part, and I'm going to be time traveling to get you know the n- right numbers yeah. to you." And therefore, you haven't done anything wrong. Therefore, you can get the money. You keep yeah. it. And then you can build your time machine and have a nice life and, yeah. you know, thank me for it. So she's feeling morally conflicted about it. And he's trying to persuade her. Yeah. And um, <laughs> not that what he says, what he says to persuade her is, oh, come on. In an ideal world, you'd get lottery <laughs> funding anyway. Ah! Yeah. So that's a weird. And, and then I looked it up to make sure because I thought... Wait, would she? Um, and and they don't. They don't fund anything remotely involved with science or technology. They fund health stuff, but that's doesn't really come. That's the closest to science. And they fund it to arts and heritage and cultural yeah. things. Um, so maybe that's what he meant. That in an ideal world, being the, the ideal of that world, being that the national lottery had wider funding remits. But I don't think he did mean that. Yeah. I think. I think he meant in an ideal world where people wouldn't think you were crazy for having a time machine, you would be National Lottery funded by this. If this was all able to be out in the open and not a secret mm-hmm. father's experiment, <laughs> a <Yeah>. secret father's <laughs> experiment, um, uh, then you would be eligible for funding. But she, but even then, but she wouldn't because the National Lottery wouldn't fund that. But, you know... Go to, like, the Wellcome Trust or something. Yeah, like, there are lots of other funding bodies yeah. that would fund the science. And also, is it... Crick Francis Crick. <laughs> yes, that's a scientist. Crick Watson, mm. the Helix. I mean, yeah. Um, Load, loads of institutes would give her money. But... Imperial would probably okay. be all over that. <laughs> but, well, not at the moment. They've got other fish to fry. No. I kind of want to write a funding application for this time machine. Huh? Okay, so that, we don't need to do that. No, we'll, no. We'll t- well, let's do this, and then we'll chat about okay. why that's going to be complicated. Um, so, in this fictional program yep. that we're talking about, I do think he's saying in an ideal world you would get funding from the lottery, but I think he's saying you. I don't think he's being specific about lottery funding. I think he means you'd get funded for it. But as we know, it's not an ideal world because not people would think you're mad for having a time machine but because you know people would abuse it and i think that theory is is cemented in episode eight yeah maybe so when we get to that we'll loop back maybe um we'll call back I mean, to this i mean i i would i would call into question the fact that you don't think he's you think he's being general about funding because he does say <laughs> okay, he does say in an ideal world you'd get lottery funding. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I think he does mean that. 
and he's yeah. and he's wrong. He's wrong. Whichever way you look at it, she she wouldn't. Well, we've investigated it from all angles. If it's an ideal world or a non-ideal world, she ain't getting that funding from the national lottery. And if she wants funding from anywhere, yeah. she needs to talk to you. Yeah, and I, I will help her with that with those applications. Yeah. Um. In fact, actually, uh, very generously, you put a call out. Any any of our listeners, if you want. Uh, funding from anywhere mm-hmm. uh write write to us and david will do your funding application for absolutely you. but only <laughs> if it's for um theoretical scientific quantum physics, uh, quantum time physics travel apparatus yeah yeah um, obviously so yeah so then she 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 relents eventually because he kind of gets her on the uh, frame uh, the wavelength of it being like oh it's an experiment it's an experiment about paradoxes yeah um so she's like okay all right fine we'll give it a go um so he goes back and he gets 13 hours he gets 13 hours and um he tries to catch holly butcher he just misses her she's off to go and give a lecture and we'll we'll come to that later on so he's like right i've missed her i'll go to the station and leave her a note in her office on her whiteboard yeah he's writing down the lottery numbers on the one he's halfway through writing down and then slade and morris and this He's um very small, <laughs> a small pine um figurine of Jasper Carrot. Is um, he the little puppet boy. He's a little wooden puppet boy, uh, and they. He was the original Nick in the West End uh, production of Fame. I don't care. I don't want. I don't want to think about him. Nineteen ninety-five. Um. Yeah. He. Yeah. Uh, they all come in and they interrupt him writing the numbers on the board. Uh. Well, actually, they he writes all the numbers on the board, and Wait, then he, was that the fame that your dad was in? Uh, no, the original West End production was ninety five. Dad was ninety seven. I see. Um, you don't need to know this, listener. Um, but yes, so that that they come in and interrupt him in the middle of writing the word "play the lottery," and it just says yeah. "PLA." Yeah, and she comes in and says, "Hey, Slade." Yeah. Shouldn't you be in a training course? They all come. They all come yeah. in together. I don't think it needs all three of no. them. No, well, they've such different levels <laughs> of seniority, and they've seen him walk into Holly's office to give her a note. Yeah, and they both were Holly works there as the science officer. We'll come to that again. Yeah. Um, so, it, so Grisham a, totally. It's clear that he's going about his work, but she's yeah. surprised to see him. Yeah, because, because he's meant to be a a, a stress. A stress training. A stress... Stress, stress, with stress, stress training. training. Yeah. Stress but he management. calls it something specific. I can't remember what he calls it. To um, he makes a joke going, oh, we all needed that training after the yeah. after that. So, well, no. I know the joke you're making, but also you've just said the training wasn't good, so so it would just... It would be an infinite loop yeah, you would, of, of, yeah. of training that would need the training you again. You didn't need that training. Yeah, then yeah. you'd need the training again. Um, so, uh, and and for some reason, it is so urgent that Grisham refuses to let Jeff Slade finish writing on a whiteboard that would maybe be about two more seconds, but she's adamant that he stops writing yeah. mid-thing he's writing, which I, I was like, well, no. And then, and then what an amazing thing happens, and it's the first... <laughs> It's the first Emmy of the episode for me is that Sue Johnston raises her finger and raises her finger and points it at Slade in the most magical way mm-hmm. and then 
it cuts away to say, then it cuts back to see Johnson and the fingers still, still there. And I'm like, how long have you been? This is not a gesticulation now. No, this is a no, piece she's of... Frozen, she's frozen in time. Yeah, yeah like in the style of a, of a dramatic tableau. <laughs> A year ten devised production of a. I don't know why. I don't know why she's tabloid um, no. next to a puppet boy and the brush head. But I, yeah, it's uh, it's. But anyway, so that's how urgent it is. So she says you've got to come work with me. Uh, what? But also, it's weird. Why aren't you at the training? Oh, I'm just on my way now. Never mind. I've cancelled it. Right. I, I think there are times. Sorry, I think there are times when Puppet Boy, the actor playing Puppet Boy, genuinely seems uncomfortable about being filmed yes definitely. <laughs> he's sometimes really overly aware of the camera yeah yeah i think you're right this was one of those times i was like i've you i don't think you want to be in this shot at all no what, i don't he, know why who's pressuring you into this career is it your parents i don't think it's the career i think he's trying to find truth in his puppet boy character and he's going i wouldn't i wouldn't be here in real life i'd be I'd be back at the old cobbler's shop. Yeah. I'd be... I miss Geppetto. That's the, he, That's what he's internalising. Yeah. And he yeah. knows he shouldn't really be in this police station. Mm-hmm. So I think it's that he's too good an actor. Maybe, really. Yeah. Um, but why does Sue Johnston... She cancels the training. She doesn't say, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. pulling you off it because yeah. I need you to, yeah. to work. She says, wait, why aren't you the training? I'm just leaving now. Never mind. I've cancelled it. Right. Yeah. Also, why ask them? Then why do you need the first question? Then why do you need the first question? Two, they don't know he's time travelled. So right now, Slade is in a stress training, yeah. which she's cancelled. Yeah. But also, why has she cancelled it before she's come in and been surprised that he's not at? Why? What? There's no reason yeah. for her to have cancelled it because she's only learned then in that moment <laughs> yes, that right. he's not. So it makes absolutely bugger right. all sense. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I mean, this is. Scratching the surface here of of some of the fallibilities of this episode, but yeah, great, great. Yeah, makes no sense, but it's so yeah. dramatic, Any- and the pointy finger is brilliant. Anyway, he's uh, she's she's pulled him off this training. I'm um, no sorry, cancelled the entire training for him yeah. and everyone else yeah. doing it, but, and other because, slides. and other <laughs> because he because she needs him on this case about this. Um, a uh, jewel gold robber, bank bank robber person. <laughs> yeah, why are you speaking modern terminology today? I don't know. Yes, a bank robber. A bank robber called um, Sissons. Sissons. Mickey Sissons. <laughs> Mickey Sissons. Mickey Sissons. Um, and this is going to be the biggest thing. Yeah. Uh, for their department, is <laughs> the Met. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure the what they are. Um. And uh, it's three million pounds three worth million of pounds, gold yeah. bullion. Thirty gold bullion, and not just any gold bullion. Ninety nine percent pure gold bullion. Ninety nine point nine point ninety nine point nine percent gold. But yeah. I think that's just gold bullion. I also, of course, it is because yeah. it's gold bullion. Gold, yeah. It's in a ba- it's Bank of England gold. Yeah, right. This is. I mean, if it was unpure, then yeah. it wouldn't be worth as much as gold no. it would be worth yeah. less than gold but it's 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 being moved from ducat ducat ducan ducan uh ducan bank yeah um that night and they know that this will be too good an opportunity for citizens uh, for citizens to pass up which is what they say not yeah we've been watching him and have intel and know for a fact they just go oh it sounds like the kind of thing that he'd probably rob 
yeah, Rob, so we're going to cancel this training and put all these on, on the off chance. Luckily, they were right, but, but obviously it they just didn't... speaks to the absolute lack of professionalism and, and thorough work that this uh, division do, it's... led by the most incompetent super... What is she? Not super, what, what is she? Chief. chief, police chief. Det- um, detective chief... De- Chief Sergeant, what, Chief Detective Sergeant is. Grisham, Mrs. Well, the only title they care about is <laughs> yeah. Mrs. We're going to come to that married. too. Yeah. So yeah, and also they don't even cancel the training uh, efficiently because if they did, then other Slade would come back. Yeah. But luckily, yeah, she doesn't get the message no. to anyone in the training. No, and it, she forgets that she was going to cancel it. So yeah, lucky for Slade. Um. Anyway, she says, right, you're going to come on this case. Uh. And he says, okay, well, what have you got? You know, and she says, quite like you say, nothing, a hunch. Uh, but we've got a room opposite the uh, bank that I want mm-hmm. you to stake out. Yeah. And so Slade's like, oh, for goodness sake, all I'm trying to do is get, get Holly to buy this lottery, lottery, lottery ticket. ticket. Yeah. yeah. So he's constantly like, oh, looking at the time. Oh, gosh. Oh. And he tries to get hold of Holly. But the reason why he can't get hold of Holly is not least because he doesn't have a mobile phone. Um, and not many people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, it's because Holly's not in her office that day because she's lecturing. Yeah, she's lecturing in a in a lecture theatre. She's teaching people genetics. Yeah, specifically genetics. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why, Holly? Holly is someone. It's a totally different kind of science. Whose dad was a quantum physicist. Yeah, she became a police science officer which mm-hmm. is not not a forensic scientist nope. she doesn't do any of the forensic analysis no nope. she, she 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 does a lot of testing of things in her office not in a lab but in her mm-hmm. office which is next to Grisham's office mm-hmm. and kind of next to Slade's office. like but she also says she earns under 30,000 pounds a year yeah. that she can't afford to build the time machine properly because she doesn't earn enough why is she then lecturing people on genetics, which is a completely different field? And also, if she if she is lecturing, then surely she's being employed by a faculty. Yeah. Why is she... Where is she moonlighting? Is she moonlighting as a science officer? Or is she moonlighting as a lecturer? I don't know. I don't know why that's a thing. But the whole... So she's that's why he can't get hold of her. But that's really frustrating. So they're in the stakeout. I think she's part time. I think she's part time in both. What? Well, all right. She could be. Yeah. She could be. But normally she's going to listen to lectures, and this yeah. time she's given her own. Yeah. On genetics. On gen- why genetics? That's the, yeah. That just doesn't make thing. sense to me. That's 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 the big thing for me. I'm I. It is odd that she's doing both jobs, but that that happens. But I don't know why she's teaching genetics. So she's off there. He can't get a hold of her. He's put on the stakeout with Wooden Puppet Boy in the brush yeah. head. And he discovers that Wooden Puppet Boy has a mobile telephone. Yeah. Yeah. So they're on the stakeout. And he has a mobile phone. And I was like, oh, this is nostalgic. And then the gag is he's he's because he's listing all the it's the Rolls Royce of mobile phones. Yeah. Because it has messaging capabilities and can hold 99 contacts in it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is lovely nostalgic. And then... It's not a gag, though. Because... No, 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 oh, right, no, 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 no. Because at the time, that's real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not yeah. saying it's a gag. Uh, um, no, no, no. The gag... The yeah, gag sorry. is that uh, he gives the... You know, talks about how amazing this phone is. They give the phone to Slade. 
and Slade's like, oh, it's not working. And he says, oh, sorry, I forgot to charge it. And Slade, like, smiles, like, got all that state-of-the-art thing. Yeah. And your phone runs out of battery. And I was like, yeah, that's not nostalgic, though. Because how in 25 years have phones still not managed to work out how to make a battery last? Well, they've like, got worse. That's still happening. They've got worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get a Nokia, <laughs> use it for a day. Yeah. yeah. You've got half your battery left. Yeah. Turn it off. Put yeah. it back on again. It, that battery lasts for yeah. years. The batteries don't disintegrate or die. Yeah. Uh, but nowadays, obviously, batteries built with a half-life and almost designed to fail. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, my I, I think they're getting better um, in the kind of current slate of phones coming out. They're starting to actually um, work out what to do about the batteries. And it, it, it's purely because the phones have got so powerful. Um, yeah. So they're trying to get the batteries to catch up with that but my i mean i've got huawei and it goes about two days now without charge which Excellent. is amazing it's amazing um it's the best battery i've ever had on the phone and, uh, but also the reason for all the spice that are constantly surrounding our flat yeah um, yeah but, you know, but trade-off trade <laughs> yeah trade-off um actually if you want to know about uh how uh lithium has a big part to play in uh, telephone batteries i'd recommend a very good episode of click on bbc news uh, they talk yeah. about how um, it comes from uh, rocks and water and actually how you used to get loads of water, dry it out and then take the salt from that water, uh, filter it and get the lithium extracted from that salt. But now they're actually mining down in Cornwall um, and uh, they, they're, they're having a much less uh, lithium content in the ground and the rocks in Cornwall than, say, Western Australia, which produces the largest amount of lithium. But there's more of it. Say so Cornwall could be technological saviour to um, to people who are developing lithium batteries which you know who thought that would have linked in today hey you asked for this Ben remember that it's serendipity yeah you did pay, all... you've paid five pounds for it you've paid five pounds you're welcome Ben you're welcome Um. so uh, I also just want to briefly talk I think this was a scene that happened just before but when when they first arrive at Ducan and they're in the office of Mr. Ducan uh, played by Gorn Granger yeah. who's the husband of Zoe Wanamaker um, and um, he Slade's playing around with what he this rock on a uh, golden rock on uh, the desk of of Ducan and he says oh is this real and he goes no iron pyrite fool's gold and I was like why why have you got you're a bank like why have you got fool's gold on your desk it's a weird thing to have it's a weird thing to have it's on a on a set of weighing scales that also aren't scales. functional no he takes no, it I off noticed that he's yeah, like, I noticed that well it's not a metaphor if they don't work um but anyway i think the other thing is when slade walks into the bank he says funny looking bank and i'm like yeah, yeah it is a funny looking bank unless you're in switzerland in which case yeah. it's a Swiss bank from yeah. a film in the seventies about Swiss banks. It's also it's also a less funny looking bank than the bank he was in about three episodes ago that was like the weird foyer of a hotel. Yes. That he never referenced at all. That that was the weirdest foyer of a bank I've ever seen in my life. Where there yeah. were just chairs and tables milling around everywhere, and I was like, what what is this? It's a mess. Yeah. And he didn't care about that at all. That was a weird looking bank. Yeah, it was very odd. Um. So anyway. They have a chat with him, talks about security, and the bank manager says, hey, look, this is dangerous. Sounds dangerous to me. You haven't really thought this through. No. You've done it on a bit of a whim. How do you know that we're uh, my staff are going to be safe? If you've got this criminal coming in, it's, you know, what, what, what's going to happen? And Grisham says, don't worry, nothing will go wrong. If it does, I take personal responsibility for it. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, all right, then. 
And then uh, later on that day, um, Slade's still trying to run around get the get the um, num- lottery numbers to Holly. That's his main motivation. Yeah, so his eyes go- off the job. He goes out, goes to a phone box, get pulls an old woman out the phone box who's on a call. Yeah, lovely frankly. guy that he is. Yeah, um, does all that. And in the meantime, you're cutting to presumably the basement of Dukan and mm-hmm. you start to see some bricks coming out of the wall. Um, so I'm I'm assuming that when Spike Lee was writing Inside Man, <laughs> yeah. he watched this episode of Crime Traveller and got the idea for how Clive Owen yeah. um, uh, gets get gets away. Absolutely. Thought, it's, either, it's exactly this. It's either that or Spike Lee watched um, the Geiger episode from Jonathan Creek. Uh, it's not the Geiger episode, what's is it? The, what's it called? Jack and the Well, Rokesmith, sorry, is his yeah. name. Rokesmith. Geiger's the, up the stairs. Yeah. Uh, Rokesmith, um, who wars himself up yeah. uh, and escapes that way. So it could have been maybe he yeah, influenced by... He doesn't escape. He wars himself up and dies. Du- well, yeah, but he escapes the, the, the judgment of being known as the killer. Right, got, out, got out of that one. We're 40 minutes in. Yeah. Uh, so... Yes, it's a very clever little. It's not clever in this case, but no. uh, but yeah, the, the, the bricks have gone through. Slade misses it because he's obsessed with getting the numbers to Holly to win the lottery, and he's a bad policeman. Also, no one else is doing anything because there's no plan because Grisham hasn't thought this through as per usual. Grisham's yeah. terrible at a job. Uh, and then the robbers come in. They take Dukan, the management manager, bank manager. Yeah. Um, put a gun to him. Bop him on the head. Bop also- him on the head. The security of this bank are dressed like SS. It's really, and I really good point. point. They're dressed like actually, no, I they're, they're dressed like the Nazis from Indiana Jones. Yes. And I don't know yeah. why they're in those uniforms. Like also a lower low, um, and they yeah. have the same. Yeah. It's like yeah. the it's FS the Gestapo grey, thing. It's the grey Gestapo uniforms, yeah. and I don't know why they're wearing them because they're not secure that's specifically their nazi uniforms or so that's weird swiss security guard uniforms yeah because i think it's the swiss, it's bank. swiss i think they filmed swiss it bank. in zura <laughs> and then decided to relocate it um because time travel wouldn't work with the time difference uh of traveling to europe and back so i i probably that's my guess um yeah so th- then then they Slade kind of gets there a little too little too late um, and follows them through the brick wall that they've bumped down. They throw a grenade, which is very yeah, dramatic. Yeah, out of nowhere, yeah. Uh, Slade covers his eyes, though, so he doesn't get affected yeah, by the glass. That's, yeah, that's, that's the thing about the main damage that grenades do is it blinds you. <laughs> Dust in your just eyes. release light. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just release a strong beam of that's, light. That's the urgency with which he covered, covered yeah, his eyes. Yeah, Was, was it, oh, it's early morning and someone opened the blind aggressively. <laughs> Then goes after them very slow. They go around a corner yeah. about three, about 30 feet from him. Yeah. He takes about, I don't know, 10 minutes to catch yeah. up with him on this 30 feet, by which time, obviously, they've gone because they were yeah. walking at normal speed. And he just, just I don't know. I don't yeah. know why. It was like, it's like, it's like Halloween where, like, no matter how slow now, Freddy walks, he catches up with you, but in reverse. Now, there's an interesting thing about this episode that I don't think they pick up on that I think would have been interesting as a. Uh, device to create tension within the episode which is i think it's interesting that for the first time he has traveled back before the crime that he has to solve 
So he is he cannot use time travel to solve this crime because he's yeah. already in the past. This is interesting and concept. That's an interesting concept that they don't really talk about. But yeah. I was like, that's yeah. a that's quite a fun thing that he can't, that he's that's been taken away because obviously he's gone back in time to do the lottery thing. Yeah. Whilst he's been in the past, this has happened. So there's this tension there that also that he has to solve it and get back in the thirteen hours times like all that's going on. Yeah. But that else it's not really touched upon. No. I mean, I suppose also you'd be highlighting the fact that Slade's incapable of solving crimes without a time machine. Yeah. This time, not only does he have to solve it without the time machine, but also he has to get back in time to not be stuck in the infinite, infinite yeah. time loop. So the stakes are higher. Yeah. But also you're highlighting the fact that he's not very good at his job. And <laughs> yeah, that yeah, wouldn't be yeah. a great focus that's for your hero of the, the season, uh, the series. So then we have this chat where, you know, they're all standing around the bank like, oh, God, we missed it. Oh, what a nightmare. Yeah. And you have this wonderful close-up on the Ducan logo. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly, I think the font you you pointed out it's 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 the font of a very kind of early to mid nineties computer game yes. for a toddler. Yes, That's yes, the it's, font I was it, absolutely thinking of a of the star like a game that could be on Sega Mega Drive, but wouldn't. Yeah, but yeah, not, yeah, yeah, not the Sega Mega Drive font, but no, it could could be on that yeah. kind of. Yeah, but for a child. Yeah, like yeah. an educational video game yeah. from the 90s. Yeah. Is the, it's not in any way the font of a bank or any kind of company that wants to take themselves seriously. It's ridiculous. It's awful. Um, then, he, then then we have a... Mon- like, it's not a like, montage. Like, should... it's... it's it... Imagine a bank <laughs> that had a logo in Comic Sans. Like, yes! This is, yes! this is the level of what this logo is. Like, yeah. it's, it's nonsense whoever yeah. came up with this. With the urgency of someone telling you to not use yeah. the staff milk in the kitchen. Like, that's no. the... Yeah, that's the... Um, sorry, sorry. We cannot... We cannot forget the absolute best line in the whole episode, which happens just before the robbery. Oh, what's that? Which is when Dukan is talking to the reception to the receptionist. Oh yeah, and is correcting her on something. This is the best line that's ever been written in the history of British television. He Told says, you it's changed the face of things. He says, um, looking over her shoulder, when he goes, there are two L's in bullion. Right. So you, she works. She works through a bank that deals in gold bullion, and she can't spell bullion. Yeah. That, that, how long has she worked there? Yeah. That minute, like a minute before yeah. she got the job? Yeah. Like, how, like, is it the first piece of work that she's done for this? Because surely that's one of the first things you would write and you would know how to... How have you... Like, I how many times was, a day would you be spelling bullion working She, she was put off, clearly. She was put off by the presence of the Nazi soldiers <laughs> working at the bank. She's terrified. Uh, and quite rightly so. Yeah, there are two L's in bullion. Great. Anyway, Great so writing. all this has happened. Grisham comes in um, and she's very dejected and she says, oh, I'm going to be fired. The superintendent wants to see me at 7.30 tonight. This is all your fault, Slade. Yeah. And and I want you cost me my job and, and this is it. This is all over. And Duca- Mr. Decan manager is very angry and he says very to angry. Puppet Boy, I'm going to get you for this. You know, I've been assaulted. What about my staff? You've robbed the bank. The money's your reputation. I'm going to I'm gonna sue you for this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, wait till you get my hands on Miss Grisham. And mm-hmm. Puppet Boy goes to correct her and then he carries on talking and then he, then he does correct her. He says, actually, sorry, it, it's Mrs. Grisham. Mrs. Yeah. He says, what do you mean? She's married. It's like, oh, she could be the Queen of Sheba for all I care. It's a very 90s phrase. Uh, yeah. And then goes off. 
So wh- why did the puppet boy, who's a policeman, think that it was important to correct him on whether she was a miss or a missus, like it was out of some kind of respect? Surely, surely the most important thing is that she's like a, she's chief. She's a chief detective, yeah, yeah, sergeant. Yeah. She, uh, she's very high up in the Metropolitan Police Force. What, what, mom? Like yeah. not miss or miss. Why does the fact that yeah. she's married or not ma- matter? Yeah, but again, I think it's kind of just a bit of that sexism thing. Like, yeah. somehow she's elevated because she's married. But, all, like, Dukan yeah. is initially annoyed because they, because the police have decided that he's going to be robbed yeah. and he doesn't really want them there. And, is there. and then he's annoyed that they didn't stop the robbery. And I'm like, look, they wouldn't, like... At least they, they're further along than if they hadn't bothered turning up at all, which is what you wanted in the first place. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's just, whatever happens, he's annoyed. Can't, no pleasing him. It's a very good point. They didn't arrange can. the robbery. No. They just thought it was going to happen, and luckily yeah. they were right. Yeah, but, but they just yeah, weren't in the right place to, they didn't to catch them. them. Um, yeah. It's because they weren't anywhere in the bank. Like, it, you know what would have helped is if they weren't in a building across the road. Yeah. What would have helped is they were just yeah. casually, you know, playing close policemen yeah. in... In the yeah. vault. Near near where yeah. the gold is. So anyway, they discover that there's this kind of pedestrian underground kind of tunnel. Tunnel yeah. next to the bank. Um, which is incredibly similar to um uh, a specific bit of uh, Grand Theft Auto Five where there's a mission where you are um uh on a bike and you're you're chasing um some other people on a bike and you go through then it's ex- it's looks so similar to wow that. it was very it was very weird maybe again w- maybe gta was inspired partly by crime traveler as well yeah spike well, lee and gta yeah and this is from one episode guys it is it so is. this is what this is i mean influential it is. episode is it's um, a game changer so yeah um um so they discover that and then uh I can't really remember what happens bef- in between this and the stakeout. That's so, the next thing I've got in my mind. So he tries to get uh, Holly again by going to the lecture theatre. Sorry, yes, yes, sorry, uh, yes. Sets off the fire alarm. Yeah. Doesn't get her in time. Yeah. Everything weird... he tries yeah, fails. Yeah. In order to show that basically, yeah, it's like time is 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 working against him because you can't it doesn't allow you to cheat right so there's a weird thing of no one being able to explain where the lecture room that she's in is yeah and a weird gag about the receptionist at the university taking about five minutes to describe very specifically where the room is yeah and then no one else knowing and then he can't and then by the time he actually eventually does find the room the fire alarm's already gone off and she closes the door just before he opens the other door in yeah um so again just misses her uh, he tries to ring her on the mobile mm. and gets through to her car phone, but then she goes under a tunnel. Yeah. And then, you know the noise? Um, <laughs> if you ring someone and they go through a tunnel, mm-hmm. um, which uh, hasn't happened for a long time because yeah. it only happens in, in films and TV, really. Yeah. But it goes dead or it goes a bit crackly and then goes dead. Yeah. In this case, it made the same noise that the time machine, like, why did it make that noise? Yeah. Surely, I don't know. Just, but it did. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and then, we 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 get back to the office, right? The yeah. the um, he's got back to the police station. Yeah. 
and he's tried again to find Holly. She's not back yet, even no. though he's not an electric theater. Where is she? Oh, I can't get hold of her. Yeah. And, the, and, and Grisham says, look, you know, I hope you're happy with all this. Um, the fact that your heart doesn't seem to have been in this job and we haven't caught the criminals yeah. and my job's on the line and the commissioner's going to be here in less than two hours. Yeah. Now, the commissioner was going to get there at 7.30, mm-hmm. which is quite late. Yeah. Which means it's now after 5.30. Yeah. So Slade saying, make sure you get the lottery ticket. Now, I don't... I'm not sure when he's going to get this lottery ticket in time for the deadline because the lottery draws are eight. a very, very good point. That's a very good point. I'm pretty sure you had to get it before 5.30. Ah, no. They're, the, they're still in the day before. Let's see what he went back. So... No, it's the... It's... Hang on. He went back... 13 hours. Yeah, he went back 13 hours, which means he went back 7pm the night before. before. Yeah. But he comes back, but it's daytime. Right. When he goes back. Right, so that 13 hours thing's nonsense. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. Because we were going to talk about that in the next episode. Yeah, that's nonsense, that, isn't it? Okay, there's a, there's a problem there. Because he... There's no way he can get that lottery ticket in time for the draw, yeah. but also yeah. for it to be announced at 8am the next morning. Yeah. The draw happens to have happened that night. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's something weird going on there. Yeah. With maths. Okay. Um, so she says, oh, commission's going to be left here in two hours and I'm going to lose my job. Then he says, right, hang on a minute. There was a lady who was seen leaving in that area in a car who had the same blue holdall. Yeah. And they went, well, it couldn't have had the gold in because no one would have been able to carry that gold, let, yeah. let alone a, a woman as they're kind of, you know, uh, thinking. Um, and so they find this woman by tracing the hire car uh, and find the blue duffel bag, which yeah. has nothing in it. Yeah. And she's a bit suspicious, isn't she? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then he... Slade's just carrying around the duffel bag for the rest of the episode. Yeah. For some reason. So this actually happened slightly before yeah, the, yeah. the lecture theatre yeah. and he tries to fax her and then the fax run out of paper and all that. So, yeah. Uh, but he notices that inside the duffel bag, the lining has a bit of white paint on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know why the lining of the duffel bag's green when the duffel no. bag's blue. But this, yeah, this, something... is, this is very Jonathan Creekish, actually. It is. It? I really liked the reveal on this. Yeah. Yeah, um, I really like the review on it. Um, uh, it's better than one of the Greek episodes. Um, hey, so um, yeah, so they um, go on a on a stakeout. Yeah. Um, to try and catch them moving the gold because they think they've dumped it somewhere near the yeah the back. And they and Sissons is also in a cafe. Yeah, in a cafe, and they're they're following Sis, but Sissons knows they're looking for them. He says, yeah. "I'll lead them up the garden path, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they'll follow me wherever I go, which is right up the garden path." Yeah, like gosh, yeah, because yeah, Sissons wasn't one of the physical bank robbers. There were yeah. three other guys. He was the mastermind. Um, yeah, um, so they're staking him out. Yeah, they're staking him out. There's and... a weird bit where Brushhead tells everyone his lottery numbers. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, they've yeah talked about lottery for a while. Um, they then are all quite disparaging about graffiti. Yeah. Um, well, actually, to be fair, Wood, Wooden Boy is like, well, some people call it an art form. And yeah. Morris says, that's ridiculous. How could you ever call graffiti art? And I'm like, I think that's something horrible. But 
it's de- the device of that is so that he can say the words how can anyone call that art painting over a load of bricks painting over a load of bricks and it yeah. sparks a uh, little spark much little, like jonathan used little, to do a little light little yeah. light a little light flicker there for a moment <laughs> very annoying very annoying um and then yeah he kind of solves it but we don't know what that is so he goes no. back doesn't he um yeah. whilst he's off getting whatever he's getting or yeah. solving whatever he's solving Grisham is paid a visit by the commissioner. Yeah. Dum, dum, dum. Grisham! Yeah. It's like, it's this weird little cartoon conversation. Yeah. Where he is telling her why she's awful at her job. Yeah. And she goes, yes, that's quite right. Which is why I have written this. Yeah. And is about to hand over a letter of resignation. Mm-hmm. Much, I mean, I, there's no sympathy here coming from me. No, 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 no. No, because she's shown... Herself to be nothing but terrible at this job, and she absolutely resigned. Seven she episodes. Resigns episodes ago. From the first episode, yeah. her conduct in the Reading train station, we don't know why they were there, yeah. was dreadful. Yeah, she's, yeah, she, I mean, she's been incompetent. She's been um, unprofessional in how she deals with her staff. Yeah. She um, blames yeah. everyone but herself. Yeah, uh, yeah. Micromanages to an annoying level, but then doesn't actually but then seems to constantly forget her role of what she needs to do. Yeah. And, and and seems to really never be that clued up on what what they're doing with cases. And no. always like, oh, what's going on here? Then we should know this, surely. And also she, she gives... The chief of police. She gives contradictory orders and mm. then gets annoyed that people aren't doing yeah. what she's just asked them to do. Yeah, yeah. Or And also she has no concept of of time no. because she'll give an order and then immediately get annoyed that people I'm like you've just told them yeah like, she'll be like right so uh, um, Slade you go off and do this Morris you go off and do this uh, uh, what's he called Robson Robinson you go you, you go off and do that come on guys well come on guys we were still standing around I was like you've yeah. just finished talking yeah. give them a chance to move I mean we had a musical direct like that didn't we at college yeah, yeah. yeah. hey come on what are, you, what are you doing what are you standing here for yeah, um, yeah absolutely um, so yeah, so absolutely, I don't have any sympathy, but I think we're meant to. I think we're meant but, to. Um, but we've not been, you know, the series has not shown us why. Um, so she's about to hand over a letter of yeah. resignation, and in walks Slade. Well, no, I mean you've forgotten the whole, the whole climax of the of the episode of why of 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 what actually happened. So you, so do we see it before then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So Slade goes to um, uh, the bank um, with uh, a whole load of police. Oh, yes, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah a whole load of police. And uh, you see um, uh, uh, Sissons mm-hmm. pretending to be a kind of foreman of, yeah. uh, with some construction workers who are getting the bricks, yeah. uh, removing the bricks from where, obviously, they the bank robbers knocked through. Of course, the construction workers are the bank robbers because they painted the gold bullion bricks white and they hid them in and amongst the other bricks. Yeah. This is all part of the plan to get the bricks out. So we don't know that yet, but no. the uh, Robson yeah. uh, says, oh, all very well, Slade. Well, he says, great work, Slade, but we still don't know where the gold is. I'm like, yeah. if you think you don't know where the gold is, then what are you saying great job on? Yeah. What are you? What? Yeah. That doesn't make sense um, either. But 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 I just want to talk about this because they because the police there we see them midway through getting these bricks out and then Slade and the police kind of barge in 
and immediately they get out guns. And I was like, surely you try and pretend that you were construction, like, or deny it for a second. Like, yeah. Like, he's not actually, they've not actually said anything to you yet. And yeah. You've immediately given up and yeah. gone, all right, well, screw it. Like, no, surely, I think that's... Run away, anything, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so so a fight then ensues with the Nazis and the police and <laughs> the construction workers and all this is going on in the end, obviously. Police win and, and, and uh, uh, yeah, they everyone gets arrested. And then, yes, as you say, go back to the office. Grisham and the superintendent and Slade comes in and stops her just before she's about to resign. Yeah. And and updates her about all of this and what's happened, and, and gives, and her, gives the her the credit for it, which I don't know why he does because he didn't need because she's been nothing but horrible to him. Let's remember the amount of episodes. Remember, there's been eight episodes. The amount of those episodes where she's convinced he's done something illegal, she mistrusts him, she puts other policemen on what on to, out to watch him, speaks ill of his she father, speaks his father, yeah. him of being a bent copper, yeah. fires him three times. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know why he does it either, but mm. he does. Yeah. And then she puts the resignation letter under the desk in the bin. In the bin, yeah. And the commissioner, who's heard all this very clear genuine explanation yeah very clear very simple explanation of what's happened yeah he says i don't understand yeah and i don't know why he doesn't understand because it's very simple and you're a you're a commissioner of the police force so, but I, I think he does understand i think he's annoyed that he didn't get to fire grisham yeah which is a weird That's motivation to play done. because that yeah. means that he's he's hated grisham for a long time and, and looked forward to firing her and now he's finally got the excuse which as an audience member, I'm on board with because yeah. she's dreadful. Yeah. So now I have sympathy with him. Yeah. But also, is he a villain because he was trying? He was wanting to fire her over actually doing his job as what was the right person, right thing to do. Yeah. I don't know. HR would have a field day with this. Yeah. It's a nightmare. Uh, but Grisham uh, is very happy, and C. Johnston does some incredible eye acting. Uh, I'll talk to you about this tomorrow, and yeah. of course tomorrow comes yeah so meanwhile yeah, sorry yeah so slade obviously never managed to get hold of of holly so he gives the lottery numbers to little small wooden puppet boy yeah and he goes to the news agent mm -hmm. and then obviously slade goes back to catch the time machine yeah so we're then back um and it's the morning after the lottery and they come in him and holly yeah. Uh, and they're popping champagne in the office. Yeah. Sorry, they're actually, they've already popped champagne in the office. They're all sat around drinking champagne at 8am the next morning. Then there's a slight the conversation office. about the fact that it's not champagne, it's brute, which is technically a sparkling wine. wine. Yeah. Uh, and they say, oh, why? oh, Slade won the lottery. And Holly's like, oh my God, it actually worked. I can't believe it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, but of course, and then Slade's like, well, I we'll have to talk about my retirement and Grisham's like, what are you on about? And he's like, well, you know, I love working, but, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire now, so I don't need to, you know, work. And she laughs, laugh, and and um, he says, I've got six numbers. And they say, no, no, you got four. He says, what, give it here? And realises that Wooden Boy looked at the numbers upside down. <laughs> yeah. Which is time's way of saying, you even if you try, it. even if yeah. you do everything, you will still, will still do something to mm -hmm. F you up. But... And that, that's the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the end of the story. Uh, 
Slade's so embarrassed he pours Brute on his own head, weirdly, and everyone laughs, and then that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Why? Why were they popping Brute? I, yeah. For a man who's got four numbers on the lottery. Yeah. Which, and and they already know. And they've not told him, and he's not arrived yet, and they're already drinking champagne at eight o'clock in the morning in this office. To celebrate a minor... A minor lottery win of a man that that hasn't been made aware of it yet. Yeah. For his benefit, but they've not waited till he's arrived to celebrate. They're celebrating his win, win of of a hundred and fifty six, one hundred and eighty six pounds. But also without him, it, it's so confusing. But they, but they have, they don't all know how much he's won. They just no. know it's not a lot. Yeah. So, so yeah. they know that at this point they've opened the champagne, yeah. going, well, we don't know exactly how much. But indiscriminately small. That you know, yeah. that's what it's gonna be. Um and then he says, Well, how much do I get for four numbers? And Grisha says, Oh, well, you could get up to five hundred quid. Yeah. And uh, Puppet Boy says, No, actually it's hundred and eighty six. Right. Well, so you did know, but didn't tell everyone else. Yeah. Everyone else assumed that it would be enough to warrant buying sparkling wine. I there's so much wrong with this episode, logically within the characters. Yeah. Not least to mention the fact that 13 hours ago was 24 hours ago yeah yeah because 8 p.m was when the lottery draw was yeah and then and then some time passed and then he goes back in time 13 hours and then lives through that day Mm -hmm. until the evening drops holly off after he's gone back Mm -hmm. in time gone to sleep eight hours woken up mm-hmm. got her at 8 a.m the next day driven to the office yeah it, there's no mass there for me it would all be okay if he'd arrived when if when he'd gone back in time it had been evening that's the problem is it's it's less than 13 hours that he goes back yeah because it's it's it everything else is fine and works out but except for that, that that they say 13 hours and it can't be because he arrives the morning of that day not the day before yeah so that's that's the problem unless unless more time has passed than we realize between the lottery unless that com- unless they were up all night having that debate and conversation about whether they he should go back in time or not because if he right okay but, but even then they would needed he would have needed to have gone at about nine AM the next morning to get there at eight AM. He yeah, it doesn't no, and which in which case he can't have done because they would have already been at the office celebrating their shabbat. Yeah, no, it's yeah, they've screwed it. They've and, screwed but it. But also you can't you can't work it. Also he goes back in time to the mm-hmm. time sorry, we, within the thirteen hours he gets back yeah. to the time machine. Yeah. And then says I'll pick you up tomorrow morning at eight. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's eight. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, a so whole night has passed. They in definitely between. went in the evening. Well, yeah. So yeah. So they should never have said thirteen hours. That's yeah, the problem. They can't. That's the problem. He should have gone back about what eight, ten hours. Right. Twitter's gonna get angry That's at the this. Problem. You know what? Last time we criticised. Oh God, that dance woman again. Yes, I don't think she likes me very much. Um. So anyway, sorry about that. 
it was still good fun. Lots of 90s nostalgia. Mobile yeah. phones. I enjoyed talking about lithium batteries. Check out the episode of Click. Love it. Yeah. Um, uh, with the ex Channel 5 weather girl, Lara, Lara Lewington. Lara Lewington. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was an interesting, interesting episode today. Um, yeah. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But it, it was still nonsense. Absolute yeah. nonsense. Also, uh, I wrote in my notes a special shout out to the ADR in this episode. Oh my God. Just phenomenal dubbing. So many times I was like, you. You're all far too close to the microphone and really far away from the shot. Yeah, like you—it's clearly that's not you talking in real time. Like, yeah, no, it's really bad mixing. Um, but yeah, so there we go. That, that was, was episode seven. So now we're on to the final episode ever of Prime Traveler. We're an hour and seven minutes into this episode. <laughs> this is nonsense. Now this is the first time it was when we were watching the credits for this episode. Yeah. The, for the first time, I questioned the title of the show. You did, yeah. Why? It's called Crime Traveller. Yeah. When you imagine a crime traveller... Yeah. I, I asked you, what what do you imagine? Yeah, I, I imagine a criminal that travels through time. <laughs> right? Yeah. That shouldn't be called... No. Crime Traveller. No. It should be called... D- detective Time. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> it okay. should be. It should be. It should be called Detective All right. Time. That's my first effort. I'll, yeah. I'll spitball some more ideas around. Okay. Detective Time. If you yeah. think of a title during the rest of this uh, yeah. podcast, I'll let you know. You bring it in. I don't Any think time. I can beat Detective Time. <laughs> Detective Time. Yeah. yeah. So this one uh, opens with the voice of the neighbour. Should be called Time Waits for Norman, shouldn't it? <laughs> I mean, you just love that episode so yeah. much. You think everything in life relates back to that episode yeah. of Jonathan Creek. Uh, the voice of the neighbour. Professor. <laughs> Professor. It's weird. I thought she was Scottish at one point, and then I'd no. she wasn't. Professor. I thought, oh, maybe it's like a like an Eastern European accent. It's not. No, no, just very, very posh. Hamming it up, something rotten. Yeah, so we open uh, the episode, which is called The Broken Crystal, um, in... Um, some house yeah uh, and there's this woman with a very odd posh accent um, uh, and she's uh, reading and she notices there's drip 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 on her magazine and she looks up and there's water coming in through the light fixture yeah. from the floor above and that's when she runs out and says professor 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 like, weirdest pronunciation of professor I've ever heard in my life yeah um, and she goes in goes in and there's a dead man in a bath in a fully suited fully suit and booted mm-hmm. uh, in the bath which is overflowing yeah. presumably and that's what's caused the leak yeah. and so she then calls the police yeah um, and they arrive yeah. and we find that this man was called um, was he called Chapman Chapman and he was a scientist that yeah. had worked with Holly's father Yes. But we, we learn this a little yeah. bit down the line. Yeah. So then we cut to uh, Holly and Jeff coming out of the cinema. Yeah. Uh, they've seen uh, an old friend. Again, it's like, it feels like they're on a date. Yeah. But then, but then they took like, but again, there's no real kind of chemistry or sexual tension. So it's weird. so weird to know what they want us to feel about this. Yeah. Couple. Because it seems to keep changing and contradicting, like... Like he's like they've gone to see a they French have, film they've together. They've gone to see this French film and they have a chat and 
she says, oh, I went on my first date on this film. And Michael French is kind of maybe playing a slight undertone of jealousy. It's quite hard to detect. Yeah. Um, uh, they're kind of chatting about that. And then he says, oh, do you want to go for a drink? And she says, no, I just fancy going home and getting coffee. Do you want to come? He's like, yeah, all right. But it's it's literally that kind of, like, there's no... When you say oh, I'm you going... Come back to my... I'm going after the film, I, I'm going to go and have coffee. That's yeah. always like, I'm having coffee... Because we're going to be staying up for a little bit of time. Yeah. Like it's a line that yeah. people use. Yeah. Do you want to come back to mine for a coffee yeah. in the, late in the evening? It but there's be... absolutely no level of flirtation here in this conversation. No in sexual any way. So I was like, oh, okay. They are just friends. Yeah. But then the rest of this episode disproves... This whole episode is based on the fact that that Jeff's in secretly in love with her. Yeah. But that's not... It's never really... Play, it's, it's so confusing. Very their bizarre. relationship. Um, so so yeah, so they go back to hers, and then they're about to go into sundown. They're about for to go into sundown for coffee, and a man shouts uh, uh, Holly's name. He's dressed like one of the shadowy. It reminded me of like on the waterfront, kind yeah. of dressed like a New York spy, yeah, nineteen fifties New York kind of gang coming out of the shadows yeah. behind a big art, wheel arch, yeah, of a car. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. This is yeah, it feels very in the past, doesn't it? Um, Quite noir esque. And then comes the most terrible car crash sequence, run over, someone being run over ever. sequence, ever. maybe ever. It's cut so slowly that it feels like the car is miles away. Yeah. They notice the car and the noise, and it feels like it's miles away. They look at him. He seems to notice the car, goes back. Edit cuts back to the car, still miles away. Yeah. Cuts back to them, back to him, back to the car, and then the car hits. I was like, "Oh my god!" So much time has passed here between the cuts. Yeah. That it feels like that you had about a minute to get out of the way of that car. Yeah. Like it was so <laughs> far away from you and is going no, not fast in any way. It. Yeah. It. If if what we were watching was like a hundred frames per second slow mo. Yeah. Then that. The time would have made sense, but we—it yeah. wasn't in slow mo. That was no. the that was the speed yeah. at which the car hit the human. Yeah, and also they obviously didn't have the money to hire a stuntman because they didn't show the car hit yeah. the man. They, they just like freeze framed and then cut to like after he'd been hit and he was in the road. And I was like, yeah. like, okay, fine. Like it was awful. It's so clunky, so badly edited. But there was a nice big close up on the grill of the car, which yeah, featured a little devil on it, like a Tasmanian devil. Yeah, yeah. Um, um and and Holly like says a creature and and but evil. Holly yeah. says, "Chef, did you get the number plate?" And he says, "No, it was too fast." <laughs> At which point, and I it. couldn't <laughs> stop laughing because it was the <laughs> slowest car ever captured on yeah. screen. It was a really dodgy piece of yeah photography um but you know holly is kind of looking this dying man says call the police yeah uh to slade like, you are the police yeah definitely call, call the police you know um and then the man grabs holly's arm as she's kind of holding him as he's dying in her arms and points to her arm to mm. her wrist or something i mean it's not clear what he's pointing at and I think it should be um, is meant to be ambiguous, but then later I don't think it is. But no, yeah. anyway, there's a, like a, a pointing, and then he dies, and then she says, "God, he's dead." He says, "Are you sure?" He says, "Yes." She's like, "Right, let's get to the time machine." Now, 
this is the ultimate. This is the this is the last episode, and for the whole of the series, she's been pretending that she doesn't like using the machine because it's dangerous, because it's ethically, you know, morally dubious, because it's also dying and killing the machine, and that would mm-hmm. be worse. And then she's like, "No, we've got to do it because he he knew who I was. We've got to get up and find out who killed this man. It's something to do with me, and I can't let that lie." And Slade's like, "Okay, yeah, yeah. great." So they go to use the machine, but it only takes them back three minutes. Yeah. And Slade says, oh, that's, why three minutes? Because it's not, you know, it's not ridiculous. I told you the machine, you know, you can't control how long it gives you when you go back in time. Yeah. You can't, it, it's random. Um, But you kind of made a really good point here. Yeah. It was this point I paused, I paused and I said, do you know what would be a really good series? <laughs> a crime a television, a, 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 a crime drama about policemen that have the ability to travel through time, but the time machine, um, in order to solve crimes, but the time machine is unpredictable and you never know how much time it gives you. You looked at me as if I was a madman. <laughs> because, because I'm just described a crime traveller. Yes. But Absolutely. my point is that that isn't <laughs> what this is. On paper it is, but they never... <laughs> But this is, the, remember, this is the last ever episode of the only eight ep- Seven of the other eight episodes are broadly the same amount of time. But it's about 12 Norm- hours. It's between 12 to 24 hours. It's normally a day. Yeah. It's normally a day, whether that's day time or, or a full day and evening. It broadly feels the same amount of time. And that's never really a factor. And what I was saying was, um, like the dramatic tension you could add yeah. and the stakes you could raise if they were wildly different times. So one episode, you have a week. One episode, you have 10 minutes to solve this crime. Like, yeah. that could be really good fun and they don't utilise that. You should do it. Maybe they would have done in future seasons. But... You should write it mm-hmm. and pitch it and you should call it Detective Time. I... And see what happens. I should. Well, it would get picked up with that title, wouldn't it's it? It's a very snappy title. It is. Um, yeah. So, so she is annoyed because that three minutes isn't long enough to go back and see who ran over the man. I was like, no, but it's probably quick enough for Slade to go and get the number plate and come back up again, or look out the window, or. Yeah. But they're yeah. just like, mm, nah, nothing we can do. Three minutes. It's like, yeah. Yeah. still not acting like you know he's about to be killed yeah and there's nothing you can do about it yeah. or or there is because you can run down and yeah. i don't know i don't know but it just felt a bit odd yeah so they give up that's fine yeah and then uh when they come back the machine gives up the ghost for good because yeah. the crystal yeah dies yeah um yeah. which is kind of like the whole the electromagnetic crystal is what drives it's the, the most whole... expensive part uh, uh her father sold his house to buy it yeah um, which means his house was worth twenty thousand pounds. Too much. It's too much. It's too. It's too far. I think Horowitz just got bored and was like, "Oh, I need to think of something." But and then went way too far. I was like, "No, he didn't. He didn't sell his house to buy this one." Well, crystal. Not... It's too much. Too extreme. I can't buy that. Well, I don't buy it because later on he says, "Are you sure you just can't get one?" And she goes, "What for twenty thousand pounds?" I'm like, "Well." <laughs> A house in 1997, you know, mm-hmm. whenever it was he went missing, even 1985, yeah. wasn't 20 grand. Yeah. Um, so... Well, depends. Depends where in the country he was. 
Maybe, yeah, you know, this no, is true. No, he was in London because Danny. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's the fact. That's the he lived there. He lived there. So where? A previous house. The house he lived in before. The he family moved home there. in Cambridge, where the he family taught, home in Cambridge. Perhaps that would make sense because he was a, te- a lecturer in all Cambridge. The pieces are coming together now. All the pieces um, are all making sense, but still, so they, yeah. yeah. So, so that's it. They can't use the time machine. So they go to the office the next morning, um, and yeah, as you say, they've done this research. The guy was called Chapman. He he worked with Holly's father, and um, recently, recently he's been working for a company called Web Biotech. Yeah. So um, uh, he, um, she Grisham tells Mrs. Grisham tells Mrs. Holly Jeff. and Jeff to go and check out <laughs> biotech. Um, and they say, thanks, uh, Chief Grisham. And she says, that's Mrs. Chief to you. No, what what Holly does do is seem really surprised that she's been asked. Yeah. Like, well, obviously... Your office is in this office. You... Like, you work, apparently, for this organisation. You're the science officer. This is, this is a science company. And it's related to your own father. Yeah. So, yes, of course you're going to go there. Why are you so surprised... <laughs> It makes absolute sense. Yeah. Um, Anyway, they go. Turns out the guy that works there, that's the technical director of the company. Yeah, yeah. uh, Which gets a stupid title that Anthony Horowitz has made up to be able to research the roles within a science, within a biotech company. But fine. Um, uh, And it's her, it's Holly's ex-boyfriend. The very same boyfriend that took her on a date to watch Les Enfants de... Dependent. Les Enfants de Paradis. There you are. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say Dependable. Depend. <laughs> the Dependable Infants. Great. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, all those years ago. Yes. Um, and they have a night lovely catch up, and there's obviously a bit of chemistry oh, there. Of, yeah. And frisson. De- much more than there has been with her and Jeff way ever. More. I'm yeah. like, oh, you should be together. You yeah. should love each yeah. other. <laughs> yeah. You look at each other like he's been you've this real old flame yeah. um, coming back to life. And and Jeff is guys kind of jealous, but also you can see that Michael French just can't really be bothered to play it that much. No. no. He's, you can see he's made the decision to just get a phone in. Yeah. Just I'm hung over today. It's the yeah. last one. Yeah. No one's no one cares. Yeah. And I mean don't forget we're still away away from when he came into his own when he did Born and Bred with James Bowler. <laughs> oh my goodness me! No one's One ever shows up talked about James Bollum or Pro Born and Bred as much as you have. It's great, it was a brilliant show. Sunday night TV, everyone gather round. Let's watch a show about the Doctor and the Doctor's son, set in the forties in a village in Yorkshire. I can understand. I, did your dad love it? I think both my parents did. I can definitely imagine your dad. Yeah, it. I yeah. can imagine your mum being indifferent, but probably quite liking James Bolam. Yeah, he was a very you know attractive young fella in his de- well, you know likely lads, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever happened to them? <laughs> hey. Um. So they go to biotech. <laughs> then they then they get taken to Mister Webb, the head of biotech, <laughs> who is played by like Brian Blessed's older brother. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> It's kind of with the authority and pomp of a 70s production of Titus Andronicus at the yeah. RSC. Yeah. I'm, Whoa, come to my table. Yeah. Whoa, are you? Yeah, at one point, he just goes, nah. Yeah, like, yeah. No one's ever written that word ever. Auditioning for Falstaff. Yeah. Um, yeah, you'd be great, Falstaff. 
but yeah, um, and and he just spends the entire time talking. Oh, so yeah, so there's the we know that there's a connection between the guy in the bath and the guy that got run over. They both yeah. worked for Web Biotech. Obviously, there's a connection yeah. there. He spends about five minutes talking about how much he hates both of them. Yeah, and I'm like, they work maybe there for six not. Months and... Maybe not do that to some police when they're dead. Like yeah. maybe not make yourself the main suspect. Maybe. And, and um, also just be a compassionate human, but he's not. Yeah, yeah. He's interested in getting make, making money, um, right. and he says to Sebastian. Oh, wait, he says no, no, no. To... he's Sebastian. We've been through this. Sorry, I keep thinking... he's Sebastian. The other guy is Stephen. Right? Why have they done that? Stephen Marlowe. It's the same name as Sebastian. Is they're the same? They're on the same team. Yeah. They're both baddies of of a sort. Yeah. And you know, he's similar names. So when we were watching it, <laughs> Callum. <laughs> referred to Stephen no. Marlowe, the character Stephen Can't Marlowe, as, this. as Sebastian. And he went, oh no, that's the dad. Meaning the dad of the office. Yeah. Of, the of the company, of the biotech company. Yeah. Well, do, I you often, meant boss, didn't you? I meant boss, but... He said dad. It's like when you call your teacher mum. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I've done. And you just told everyone on this podcast. Yeah, just, it's I important they know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Bosses are sometimes, you know, mums, sometimes are mums and dads mums or non-binary parent figures. Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah. So, so anyway, he's horrible and they don't think he's a suspect at all, despite the fact that he's absolutely slating these two people who are good, glad they were dead, waste of space. Yeah. But um, go and ask Stephen about them. He's yeah. the one who's hired them. Stephen Marlowe takes them down into... A research lab. A research lab filled with weird stuff that is clearly not real of doing anything. It's um, made of foil. Yeah. It's like worse than Star Trek. Yeah. Like I mean I mean like worse than than <laughs> worse than Bill like sixties Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, it's dreadful. Uh dreadful stuff. But also makes me think of the fact that she's a science officer. And yeah. the only time a science officer has existed for it's me is Star in Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, right? it's all very it's all very weird this from this point onwards. It feels quite like a different show. Um Yeah, and the chronicles it of... feels different. Yeah. Um so so he's I think this is when Slade starts to get a bit suspicious yeah. of Steven. Um because he says, oh, so, you know, when it was dreadful that Chapman died. And he goes, God, was it hit and run? Mm. And he's like, hmm, how did you know that? That it was a hit and run? Yeah. But doesn't he say Chapman was run over? Yeah. And then he goes, hit and run? Yeah, it's 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 a fair assumption to make. Well, it? yeah. If, if you, it's a murder inquiry and the person was... Run and over has, and hasn't been found. The only it, possible that's, thing could the only reason is you're here is a run, run. Yeah, that's very true. No, that's no, the true. murderer stayed, apologised, exchanged yeah. details, and and then was arrested. Then wiped our memories. Who <laughs> <laughs> he was, and then ran away. That's the yeah. only other explanation. So I think yeah. Stephen's fair in that, but I think he is. I maybe this is. is part of Slade's uh, suspicion, right? Yeah. Because he starts to put these things together. And uh, goes back to the office mm-hmm. with Holly, and Gresham says, "You know, what do you think, Slade?" And he goes, "Well, not. I haven't got much, but I really think Stephen's a suspect. And in fact, mm-hmm. I think you should put out uh, a tail on him. I think we should watch where he goes yeah. over the next few days." 
And Holly says, you can't do that, Stephen. He's my first boyfriend, etc., yeah. etc. Et kind of vibe. Um, and walks away and it, it slides very, you know, yeah. she scorns him. And I think she thinks that he's in love with her and he's doing it because he's jealous as well. Yeah. I think she thinks that. Yeah. yeah. But, and, and thinks that that's a dickish way to behave, which is fair. Yeah. But also suggests that she definitely doesn't have any feelings for him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Solidifying. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That she, she's like, come on, st- I like you as a friend, not in that way. Yeah. I, that, and that's right? absolutely all she's kind of ever really played. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. you're a good guy, you're but you're quite dumb and you don't know anything about science. And yeah. Essentially, this relationship would never work. No, they're not really because got we've got, much got nothing in common. in common. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, that's what it should be. Yeah. Um. So just remember that. Yeah. So then, they put a tail out on him, uh, and Slade finds that Robson informs him that Stevens having dinner at this restaurant. Yeah. Uh. So Slade goes in, and he's having dinner with Holly, right? And they're catching up at old times yeah. and having a discussion. Um. And he says, "Oh, why don't I join you?" And Stevens like, "Do I have much choice? You, you know." This is a bit yeah. awkward. Yeah. And then he's bolshy and accuses him of kind of shady behaviour. Yeah. And then leaves him to He it. goes, yeah. And then Slade gets a, an anonymous phone call from a Northern Irish man. Yeah. Um, telling him to be at this, slow, uh, be at Tobacco Dock. Yeah. Um, uh, 1am. Got some information for you. Information, yeah. And so he goes. Yeah. And then there's a, a ruckus, a tussle. Yeah. And Slade shoots him, at which point I was reminded that yeah, Slade carries a gun. Yeah. I'm like, why? Yeah. Why, do, um, why does least... every now and again he just have a gun on him? A handgun, a concealed handgun. Yeah. Because he's a British policeman. Yeah. And as we, I was asking you, the, the name uh, of... There's a very specific group of people who are allowed to use guns in the net, right? Yeah, Trojans. They go by the name of Trojan. They're part of. They're not called. Are they called Trojans? In the no, I think they're just called Trojan. They're just called Trojan as an organisation. The branch yeah. of the armed men. Yeah. Um, um, but, which but is weird. They're cause... also uniformed. They're not detectives. Right. Yeah. So he's not armed he's police. Not armed. No, he's he wouldn't be. No. Because again, I think as we mentioned last time, he had a gun. The the laws changed after Dunblane in Scotland, yeah. and and all handguns were banned even i believe for for detectives in this country yeah um, i think they you had to not by concealed certainly you could yeah, have a concealed yeah, weapon yeah um so yeah uh, that that happens uh and he shoots steven in well the aggressor yeah in the right but shoulder he knows it's steven but he knows it's steven yeah he's convinced it's steven uh and so the next day he's like right let's go and arrest go steven, and arrest steven. They at go back, biotech yeah they go back to biotech False stuff comes out again. What is the meme of all this? Oh my god. Give it a rest, mate. Yeah. Oh, chewing the scenery all over the place. Yeah, um, he's got he's got the diction of an old Shakespearean actor, but the enthusiasm of a Welsh rugby player. And it's it's mm. too much energy mm-hmm. for for a camera, any camera in the world, yeah. to take in. Yeah. Um but you know, he hasn't got much to say. Um, and anyway, they, they yeah they they arrest Steve, and who gets to arrest him? Little wooden puppet boy. Little wooden puppet boy. And he does this weird thing where he reads him his rights. Says, uh, "You don't have to say anything, but anything you do say may be uh, used against you in court." He yeah. like spits out this word "court." I'm yeah. Like, Are you playing that you're enjoying this first arrest? Is and this your f- first arrest? He finishes the rights, which I also actually think are. The American Miranda rights, not not the English rights that you read when you arrest them. I think it's a slightly different wording, and I think 
yeah based on the american one but uh, fine forgive that but then wooden puppet boy again does this weird look to camera that i swear is the actor being uneasy about the camera on him again yeah. and yeah. i'm like, it's like you know you know that you're in a tv series they're gonna have to film you yeah stop being uncomfortable about it maybe he thinks he's a vampire and that cameras will expose him mm, maybe um yeah maybe that's it it's either that or it's the fact that he is still playing the pinocchio storyline oh well yeah i think so which is true um so yeah he arrests him and he says but you haven't got any evidence you said you shot me in the shoulder and i clearly haven't been shot in the shoulder as you can see he even gets yeah. his shoulder out very muscular shoulder mm. um and uh and then they take him away anyway and grisham says you better have something here slade and then a letter comes through saying actually no we've got his witnesses so you've got to let him go at which point grisham is now at her desk and she she goes slade and she shakes her fist and that's the second emmy that uh, the first one went in episode seven to to grisham's pointy finger this one goes to the weirdest fist of frustration i've ever seen just before that fist of frustration there was the reason why she's being informed on the phone yes and you hear oh the other God, end of the I phone call this. yeah the other end of the phone call is as like it's a tom and jerry cartoon yeah like that like like really really we're gonna do that in, also, in a dr- live action drama and we know what that man sounds like because yeah. he's a big booming, a big booming actor why why is that happening now what i'm confused about maybe you can clear this up because maybe i missed something yes so they go to the biotech to arrest steven yeah purely on the basis of the evidence that slade says he'll have an injury and i it proves that i shot him yeah he shows that that's not the case but then he ends up at the station anyway yeah they take him anyway why because they just believe they just do yeah okay they just do they just do even though they're having a discussion as he's being processed about at the station yeah. about the yeah. fact that there's no evidence for it right good um and this is so serious that when they release him little wooden puppet boy turns to slade and says oh don't worry slade i'm sure they'll go easy on you i mean you won't get any redundancy but you might get your pension and i'm like right so this is a sackable offense now yeah making a wrong arrest is a sackable offence. Yeah. Well, then why ha- why haven't they all been sacked several times? I, well, it's very bizarre. Grisham nearly was and should have been. Still yeah, Grisham should have been. absolutely should have been. Um. So yeah, so he goes away again, and 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 oh yeah, and also we should have said at dinner he offered Holly a job to come and work with him. Yeah, and she turned it down initially, but then at this point Just she runs up it. to him and says. I'll take the job. I'll, I'll, yeah. And he says, right, come on then. Come with me. Um, and so she takes him to the flat. And shows him. And sh- well, not before he sees Danny. And they have a catch up. Oh, that's a lovely little he Danny moment. Him. Yeah. Oh, you used to be, you work for the professor. You know. Yeah. Yeah, and then they go up, and for some reason the camera stays on Danny for about, <laughs> about five, six seconds. Five, six seconds of yeah. him just washing his windows. Yeah, and I was like, I, love okay, it. Okay, fine. Love yeah. it. Great. Washing, washing the window to the reception <laughs> the booth. Reception booth. In, yeah, yeah. In the building. Yeah. Building. Yeah. 
I don't know what that man's job is. No. But, no. hey, Bob Goody. The more the merrier. That's Absolutely. what I say. Absolutely. Um, he looks very tall in that shot, actually. Six foot four. All six foot four of him on display yeah. for yeah. quite a long period of time. Yeah. Then they go upstairs. Uh, she shows him a time machine naivism, um, and he's very impressed by it all, understands it all. She loves the fact that he knows where everything is, and he says, right, come on. Uh, what's the problem here? Why doesn't it work? She says, ah, because the crystal is broken. And uh, he says, I could get another one of those. She says, really? She says, yeah, let's go get it right now. He says, where are you taking me back to Biotech? He says, I'm going to take you to one of my special facilities. Get in the car. You drive, because it's her car. Off we go. She goes, great, yeah. where are we going? Where are we going? He says, just keep driving. Just keep driving, and, and then he gets out a gun. Yeah. Well, unnecessarily, right? Yeah, really unnecessarily. Because she, she trusts him. I'm going to driven out anywhere. I'm so glad you said that. Because I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Well, you don't need that at all. She's fine with you. Yeah. I don't know why he does that. I mean, I do, because it's for us as an audience to know that he's now a bad guy. Yeah. But in the world of the, the logic of the show, he absolutely no need yeah. for that gun. It's the most unnecessary um, gun pull. And yeah, and and basically she's like, oh, you've got a time machine. Yeah. Um, and that's how he committed those crimes that had alibis. Because uh, obviously all, in the midst of all this, his alibis also checked out. Not only was there no bullet wound, wound. Bullet wound there, but then they heard from, because he claimed he spoke to a newspaper seller in Knightsbridge. Yeah. Um, he confirmed it, Mr. Yeah, Burford, John Burford. It. Yeah, John Burford. Um, and and everything he was all all these people were seeing him at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so obviously that's how he did it. And he went back in time to kill them. And the reason why the boss of Biotech, who was a bit of a red herring kind of suspect, yeah. although it wasn't because they didn't do it, but for us, yeah, uh, who red herring. He was annoyed at them for not producing anything in six months because they weren't really working on what they said they were working on. Actually, what they were working on mm -hmm. was this time machine mm -hmm. for Stephen in secret. Yeah. And that's why it was costing them so much money, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it all makes sense to us. Um, and so, yeah, he takes her to the secret time machine lab uh, and then puts her in a fridge. Yeah. And says, don't worry, I'm not going to shoot you. I like you too much for that. So he... Bounds her hands, binds her hands together, and puts her in this huge walk-in fridge, and says, "You'll die in a couple of minutes. You'll go to sleep. It'll be fine." Just on the subject of alibis, yeah, um, I really recommend. It. It's only about forty minutes long. There's a documentary on Netflix about this. <laughs> this is so unrelated to anything, but it's just okay, great. Into my head. Um, uh, uh, this Mexican guy in America that was um, arrested for murder, and. Um, he ended up being acquitted because his lawyer found um, an, a bit in an episode of Kerber Enthusiasm at a baseball game that showed the guy in shot. And it was oh, at the same time the murder. It was filmed the same time. But he called Larry David personally. Larry David was like, I'll find the... And it, obviously you've got the timestamp of when that was filmed. And it was at the same time. Incredible. And so Cobra Enthusiasm got him got him acquitted and yeah, hey. proved his innocence. Larry it's David. One of the coolest alibi stories I've ever seen. But yeah. That's how I want to get out of jail. I can't remember. It's, yeah, but it's, it's quite a short doc. But it's um, yeah on Netflix. Really Great one. Um, yeah. So they're in... Uh, the. <laughs> Also, <laughs> what made me laugh was the whole thing is set up as if they're going to a top secret location. Yeah. And then they get that and it's just an industrial estate 
with a clearly labelled web biotech. Yeah. Well, I was like, okay, why? There was no need for this air of secrecy if you're just going to a, Put a label publicly on known place where you store your chemicals. Like, yeah. that's like, again, really didn't need the gun. Absolutely your job. That's the. Well, is he because, the technical director or is dad the because technical director? Why, why, because surely, don't worry, just drive with a gun. Surely the easier and, and better way of doing it would be like, oh, we're going to biotech warehouse so I can show you stuff you're about to start working yeah. with me. Like, just what? keep playing along until... Yeah, he has lied to her. To be. Yeah, no. he's, he's telling her exactly what she wants to hear and yeah. she would have gone with you for that because yeah. she didn't know when you got there you were going to lock her in a fridge. Yeah, exactly. Bizarre. Also, easier to do that than go oh i'll pull a gun on you to make you nervous and then if you yeah. play up i will shoot you yeah rather than anyway oh, for goodness in sake. the meantime jeff slade's worked out what's going on he's he's pretty sure there's a time machine he goes to web the main web biotech well he place. follows them in a car Fo- yeah and he gets obstructed by a lorry no so, no i'm no before oh no before that before he goes to the main one sorry he goes to the sorry. main web biotech right. place and finds the time machine he, 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 there's a locked door down in the Star Trek basement with all the other weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that he clocked beforehand. And he goes in and he kicks the door down. And and we don't see what he sees. But he kicks the door down and he has this knowing smile. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, it is. It's a time machine. And when it pans around, I'm expecting, because he's instantly recognised it, it's going to yeah. look very similar. No, completely different. Mm-hmm. A yeah. completely different collection of things. So I was like, I don't... Why is Jeff Slade no scientific knowledge whatsoever look at three computer screens yeah in a room and gone i knew it, it like what's what in that is telling him that it's a time machine there are no buttons no labels no, no nothing no but he goes up and somehow knows how to work it um with with, with subconscious thought and his fingerprints fingerprints doing something uh, but what it does have is the exact same noises yeah it's a completely different machine but it makes identical noise because they've just reused the same sound effects from from the mobile phone from the mean? mobile phone <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um and um, obviously the time machine yeah yeah and um, also the same photocopying it does effect the same photocopy effect which you know i love you, so i was happy you that that always was like that ben likes it as well yeah all right he mentioned that yeah so yeah me and ben are in agreement there um and um he goes back in time as you say then he goes and follows them from biotech he yeah. gets obstructed by a van that has an ironic thing on the side that you notice yeah time is running out um something something but that was on the oh time is running out removals uh, time to get moving. Time to get it moving. was a removal van. Mm. I was like, why? Why is the? Why is that? Yeah, like you. That's so not a removal company name. Yeah. Why have you spent money? You spent taxpayer. <laughs> you spent license fee money on that. Oh, very it says frustrating. Detective time on the back. As well. If it said detective time, mm. d- I mean that would be the American version of this, right? Mm-hmm. Called detective time. Yeah. Chief Inspector Time. Yeah. George Time. Time Team. Um, that's something else already, isn't it? Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. I'm sure, yeah. Time. I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell that story. Um, <laughs> no, no, that's we not. Too many tangents. But yeah. Time Team did come to my house when I was a kid once and put all their sound equipment in my bedroom. Oh, you just um, told all the story. You yeah. told the story. Uh, so the, the, yeah, he gets there eventually uh, and sees uh, Stefan Stephen. I can't, can't, I can't remember his name. Stephen Leave. I've got the time team badge somewhere. Good. Uh, so he 
leaves and without you can see that Holly's not in the car. So Slade goes there. Um, oh, this car is stolen, by the way, from the senior accountant of Biotech. Very yeah. important that you know yeah. that. And he, who has the world's longest delayed reaction. He says yeah. nothing until the car is driving. He goes, hey, that's my car. Yeah. But he's silent for the, for Slade pushing him out the way of his own car, opening the door, getting in the car, turning the ignition and driving off. He's silent. It's yeah. not only he's not driving. He goes, hey, that's my car. I was like, where have you been? There's a delay. There's a time yeah. delay. Yeah. Um, Great. And then he goes in, finds Holly, and he gets to the chamber that Holly is in. And he sees that the top lock is uh, undone. It's open. Uh, And he sees that there's a a wheel you can turn to open it. And he doesn't use that. He tries to bash the lock sideways uh, with a fire extinguisher. So he gets a, a fire extinguisher to bash a metal pole off the door yeah to then use that pole to then prize the door i was like this is the door's not locked the door's not locked the door's absolutely not locked (laughs) none of this is necessary no he could have just opened it yeah it's like a bond spoof sketch about silly things agents do but i also i was confused about what's killing holly because i thought he was gassing her but then it also seems like she's cold that he, she was ah, freezing to death. No, is it both? I think it's a fridge, and that so it, it's freezing to death. The fridge freezer. Yeah. But there was something when when Slade got there, there was a light going off and a pressure gauge. So I was like, yeah. oh, maybe the pressure in the fridge is also because been he set said to self destruct. He said you won't. It'll be painless. You'll just fall asleep in a couple of minutes. So which fre- is why I thought he was gassing her. Ah, no, I thought he was just freezing her to death. Well, that's not painless. That's no. awful. Yeah. To freeze to death. I mean, I've never done it. But I <laughs> no, do. I've done it a couple of times. <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. No. Well, the first time was all right. Second time, not so much. Well, that's, um, that's the thing, isn't it? You don't get used to it. You, no. It gets worse. Ignorance you... is bliss. Yeah. Um, so, they... <laughs> they <laughs> get there. Get there. And she's being freeze-gassed yeah. to death. She's being freeze-gassed. Freeze-gassed. Freeze Gas is a great like Michael Bay like action movie from the Freeze 90s, Gas coming to a theater near you. <laughs> yeah, that would be excellent. Yeah, they uh, not as good as Detective Time. No, they she they she saves her. He saves her. She's happy about it. She's then happy about it. They they go. They have to go back. They go back to the main because because Slade's got to go close the time loop. So they go back to right, web. Of course, biotech. Back to, to uh, Simon. Simon. Stephen. <laughs> You're doing it now. <laughs> Simon Webb from Blue. Yeah. Um, well, he was the co-owner of Biotech. He was for Biotech, yeah. Simon and Sebastian Webb. Yeah. Um, so they go to Biotech um, and, and Stephen's there already and he's got a gun. And then he's like, oh, you can still come with me, Holly. And I'm like... I mean, you just tried to kill her, so I don't know why she... And then she pretends to. Yeah. And I was like, why do you think she's not faking this? Because yes, Why would you thing. think that she was fake? Because why would you think that she'd be okay with you now? Because you just tried to kill her. Because he's not playing... We also don't know what his motive is, apart from making money out of the time Greedy. machine. So I'm going to kill anyone else that might get money from it. Yeah. yeah, which makes sense. But also you'd have to be a psychopath and kind uh, yeah, of... He's there, but there's no... Psychopath. There's no kind of insanity thing being played here. No. Um, it's just a bit stupid, if anything. 
Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he believes her. She goes over and squeezes his shoulder, and then just when he thinks he can trust her, she, she gives very him... gently. <laughs> well, gently. Very gently, just taps his genitals with her knee. <laughs> she tickles his testes <laughs> with a just a graze of the patella. Yeah. Yeah. It's barely any contact. It absolutely brushes the trouser leg. <laughs> Oh, your little finger just touched it. That's 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 what it is. Your little finger is. Your hand is about five mil from my gland. Um, <laughs> that's that's where her knee is. Yeah, and it brings him to the ground. Oh, um, and then Slade beats him up a bit. Then they go back, close the time loop. Then he comes out. Stephen's still on the floor after they've yeah. done that. Yeah. Um. And then he's kind of going out, right, yeah, you're nicked kind of thing. Takes him out of the biotech, which is now, for some reason, upstairs. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, this was in the basement. <laughs> but they're coming down a flight of stairs. That's such a good point. I don't know how they're doing that. That's such a good point. In this world, now, in this part of the episode, yeah. that is on the same floor as... Daddy's office. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the dad. Daddy went. The dad of Biotech. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. He comes out. What are you yeah. doing, Stephen? Yeah. Um, and there's <laughs> a really weird, awkward tussle where Slade sort of pushes him out of the way, but, but clearly Michael hurt. French doesn't yeah. want to hurt the other actor. Yeah, so absolutely. Really gentle. I'm yeah. so glad. You, yes, yeah. you're right. That's yeah. exactly what's happening there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't want to hurt this actor. Um, oh God! And uh, and and he kind of yeah shoves him, and he kind of makes some more noises. Mm-hmm. And Stephen gets away mm-hmm. and um, says, "I can go back in time. I can, I can, I can make it all better." And I'm like, yeah. "What? Do you do you want to make it all better?" Yeah, no, I'm confused. Because yeah. Oh, are you just saying that, or are you trying to get him back in time and to the, get the time away? machines on fire? Which I don't really understand why. No, because they shot it accidentally. Oh, okay. Yeah, they shoot it. Fair enough. So he Um, goes back, tries to get it to work, and it keeps looping, right? Looping, yeah. And then he disappears. um, And it's obviously he's been stuck in the infinite time loop, and that's it. You don't have to worry about Stephen anymore. Which also means that there's no evidence evidence. or perpetrator. Yeah. And and so uh, theoretically, Jeff Slade should still be fired. Yeah. And what? How's that story gonna fly? Yeah. Oh, no, sorry, I, Gresham. I did have the murderer, but unfortunately, no, he's, he's, out, he's out of a job. He's absolutely he out of a job. He vanished into thin air as a result of a time machine, which now I can't show you because it's self-destructed. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So anyway, in order to avoid that, Horovitz just ignores all the paperwork yeah. and sends Holly and Slade straight back to yeah. Holly's flat. Yeah, Holly's flat. They got the beers out already, of course drinking again yeah um and uh they're commiserating about the fact that they can't use the time machine anymore slade's got a little glint slade's got a little glint in his eye and then he gets out of his pocket yeah a crystal i saw that coming didn't i david i called it it off steven's machine yeah um sorry just before he does that he says oh but we did make a good team didn't we you and me yeah and she sort of smiles at him and then he uh yeah i suppose we did and then he Gets out the crystal and gives it to her, goes to give it to her, and she goes to her and he goes, uh, uh, uh. Kind of he keep said, away from her. Yeah. And he says, What was that you said 
about you and me. I was like, right, well, number one, you said it. Yeah. You just said it. Yeah. He, she didn't say, you said, yeah. we made a good team, you and me. You said you and me. She didn't say you and me. Yeah. So that's a weird thing to say to her. Secondly, uh, now I feel like you're using this as a weird sex bargaining tool. And, and she, for this whole series, has made it clear that she's not interested in you in that way. So, so now I don't like you anymore. Yeah. It was all the You know why you feel that? It's because that's what he's doing. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He's blackmailing her. Yeah. And it's being filmed and directed and and presented as if that's what flirting is. Yeah. And I I don't know what it was like to be a woman in the 90s. And, and, uh, you know, I I was born in 1990. So I certainly wasn't doing any any flirting. But I can't imagine... Many people would have gone, oh, all right, you're blackmailing me. Yeah, all right, I'll, I'll fall in love with you then. Um, but she goes and grabs the the crystal mm-hmm. and kind of touches his hand and their hands yeah. touch each other. And I'm like... And, it, and it's a slow fade out and that's it. Holly's doing the same thing here as when she pretended that she was in love with Stephen in order to knee him in the balls. That's the, <laughs> we've just seen her lie about that and she's doing it again. Like, that's this yeah. is dreadful. Yeah. Um. So now that line... After that, feels like, what did you say? Yeah. Oh, I, I said we were a great team. Yes, that's right. You did. Yeah. Like, that's, and now that's all what of, that is. And yeah, and now all of a sudden, Holly's in an abusive relationship with with uh, Slade. Absolutely. Like, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. Good. So good, that's good the end of end. that. That's the end. Uh, we don't Merry find Christmas. out what happens to Grisham. We don't find out what happens to Wooden Puppet Boy. We don't find out what happens to Slade, uh, um, who should be fired slash also maybe arrested for all these crimes because he's the only common denominator for this and there's no physical explanation to anything else. Um, should we do... And then it gets cancelled. That's it. Should we do a special Christmas episode of a podcast? I mean, yeah, could do. Okay, good. What Christmas episode do you want to do? I think what we should do is I think we should find, like, four awful Christmas films and we'll put it up on our Twitter as a little poll. Okay. And and see which one wins and we'll, and we'll, we'll do a review. That's a really good idea. Yeah. That's a very good idea. Yeah. Okay. You heard it here first. A review first. of your favourite Christmas film based on... An array of choices that we're going to choose. Exactly. Yeah. So I it's so. almost like free will, isn't it? Yeah. But, almost like free will, but not yeah. quite. Much like uh, Jeff Slade uh, offers the to saga Turner. that is Detective um, Time. Yes. So there we go. Detective Time is done and dusted. Um, now, when I, uh, when both of us were at drama school, um, we had to do something called a reflective journal. And <laughs> yeah. my first term of my first year... I did a lot of partying and living the life of a first-year uni student, yeah. um, being away from home the first time, and I wasn't great at keeping up with my journals. So when I had to hand my first terms one in, instead of actually doing the work, what I did was spend a lot of time and effort in writing an apology yeah. that I stuck in at the end of the journal. And I feel like we need to do this for this episode. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it would be better if we just didn't air this and went back and did it properly it is terrible but i feel like it's better to just release this episode as it is and just now do an apology about um there's no structure (laughs) there's no structure to this we haven't been very disciplined this is what you come here for though guys isn't it you love it i don't know i don't know why they come here ben i hope you're happy i've had a lot of fun thinking about this i finally can put to bed that old broken wooden spoon 
That, uh, in that, uh, <laughs> the, what, Rob said? Oh, yeah, no, that would be good. <laughs> He's no, an old wooden spoon. Yeah, they're all made of wood, though. Yeah. No, I just meant like the inanimate object that I shouldn't have brought from the old flat to the yes. new one. Yeah. Uh, we can finally, you know, g- give this this send off that it deserves. Thank you, Ben, for Crime Traveller, bringing it yeah. to my uh, kind of into my sphere of consciousness. Uh, thank you for letting us talk about Anthony Horowitz. He's one of my favourite uh, posh men. Uh, thank you for introducing me to the idea of actual time travel theory which is complex and made my little brain hurt sorry you've just reminded me something i thought was just the only bit of structure this episode was the end and you're coming in with something else okay may as well something i thought of (laughs) um when the time machine was on fire um i was like thinking about anthony horowitz and i was like that's what i think the main problem with the series is is I actually think it should have been on CBBC. I think it's a really well-written yes. young adult yes. drama. I don't yes. think it's an adult Saturday night primetime show. I think it's actually a really high-quality kids drama. You're right. You're absolutely right. Except with less sex, blackmail, and booze. Yeah, yeah. but like the stuff, like... Yeah, I think that's just... And, it's, and I was like, that's because Anthony Horowitz is at his best when he's writing for kids. Yeah. And I think that's... And I suddenly realised that that's what this show really is, which is probably why I loved it when I was whatever I would have been here, eight years old. It's perfect for that age group. Yeah. So get download or, you know, buy Crime Traveller, get the box set mm-hmm. and show it to your kids. Keep them busy over lockdown. You know, they'll make their own little time travel machine in the corner out exactly. of the colander. Yeah, and in fact, that might be as too high tech compared to what they use yeah. in this production. But I've loved it. I've loved getting to know it, and I'm. But I'm also. I'm. 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 Yeah. It feels right that it's come to an end. And and Ben, you know, if you're still willing to patronise us, which you really shouldn't after this episode, but uh, if not, you not unless paying, it's disparagingly. Yeah, if if you do keep paying, do let us know what you want us to cover for you next, because obviously we are. We are done with the tri- crime traveller now. So, Thank you um, very much. Yeah, look forward to hearing what you've got next in store. Next week, we are back with some amazing quality 1980s television with a bit of moonlighting for you. Absolutely. I can't um, wait. Yeah, very can't exciting. Wait. Um, Sylvan, uh, if you're out there and you have any specific episodes, do let us know. Otherwise, um, as you mentioned uh, last time we chatted, we are happy to kind of pick ourselves ones that sound particularly interesting. Pick a couple of episodes we haven't and, seen. Um, yeah, we'll go. We'll go that way. So yeah, we will be back uh, this time next week with a bit of moonlighting. In the meantime, um, you can get in touch with us and find our Christmas poll that I just thought of now, and we're going to make happen and make a thing um, <laughs> at all our usual social media locations. You can find us on Twitter at macabre podcaster you can find us on facebook fb.me forward slash podcaster macabre you can get in touch with us via email podcaster macabre at gmail.com and of course do like share subscribe and listen to this podcast all the previous any requests all the previous jonathan creek podcasts uh on anchor itunes spotify google play wherever you get your podcasts from In the meantime, I have been Callum Hughes. I've been David Chopland. And we're really sorry for this episode. We are so sorry. Have a lovely, lovely Monday. Bye. Bye.